The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is a network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here Alongside the young boy Josh Smith on today's show, we'll be reviewing Destruction in Hiroshima and Destruction in Beppu, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get the podcast and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. Also, make sure to check out our friends at purezuroad.com. A lot of great Purezu content on that site, including our podcast, Keeping It Strong Style. All right, young boy. We've had two destruction shows. <laughs> I feel like I'm one of the best friends getting ready. To, I'm getting pumped up, bro. Actually, you're, you're just a, a featured uh, cast, a featured uh, character. I'm not your best friend. Bro. Oh <laughs> you're, you're my best friend. I'm saying if you were with the the best friends, you would only be a, you know, like a supporting. No, that bum, that bum Trent would have to go. It'd be all, all about me and Chucky. <laughs> Young boy and Chucky e. T. Joshua and Dustin forever. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, every time that we start the show and you're like, you're like, it's me, Jeremy, alongside the young boy. I always like want to do something right there, but then you got this flow, so you keep going. But I don't know what it is that I would actually do. Like my, like natural instinct is to be like, unit. Cause I don't know what like I'm supposed oh to, but I want to do something there. Like I wish I right. like a noise that I, like brrr, you know like, like something like next week. Let's get that ready. Uh, we'll have. I don't know what to do though. <laughs> well, you have a whole week to think about it. I'm not gonna think. I don't think about this show in the week preparing. For it. Like <laughs> you do everything. I just show up and just shout nonsense. Just, like just the talent, the give the star. Oh my god! But yeah, man. Like speaking of G Unit. Before let's we'll get into this show, but um, you know, I was I just showered. I just came back from the gym, and as I was walking out of the shower, I was like playing some music, and I was like, I wish in life I had like theme songs. Like, you ever experienced that? Like, where you like walk into a store, like you're walking through like the courtyard in school, and you like wish like you had theme music, dude? Yeah, I would be at school. I would like walk in the hallways like with like a wrestler's theme in my head, like. <laughs> Walking in the hallway. 
<laughs> Time to play the game. Oh, dude, how come Triple H has the greatest, like, like he's not the greatest wrestler of all time or anything like that. He's one of them, but why has he had nothing but fire theme songs his entire career? Like, literally, like, think about, like, time to play the game. My time. My, t- my time is so underrated. King of Kings. The D-Generation X theme song. Like, this yeah. guy just freaking, like, that's how he got himself over. <laughs> and, and marrying Stephanie. No, people think that's what, they think it was him, like, marrying Stephanie. No, it was the theme song. Like, <laughs> he owes a lot to Jim Johnson. And also Motorhead. <laughs> and uh, the, DX, the DX band. Oh, man. So, like, Jeremy, you were... You were a backyard pro wrestler, so you've had wrestling theme songs. Yeah. And you were telling me about a couple of them, like, and I was actually a little shocked, guys, because (laughs) Jeremy has a proclivity (laughs) where he is very, he's very fond of the 2000 eras, like, like rock, like scene, like, like, what are the bands you like from that era? I like Linkin Park, uh, See? Three Days Grace, yep. Breaking Benjamin, yeah, um, you know Fallout Boy, yep. um, Three O Three. So I was expecting you to have like some under oath like theme song or like <laughs> something crazy like that, but like, nah, you're thugging out there, right? Well, my my very first theme was Linkin Park, uh, Points of Authority, of course. <laughs> But you, then, don't want, you don't want to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, after that, I, I decided to, you know, change it up a little bit, get a little bit more hood. Um, for a long time, I used uh, Ghostface Kill the Champ. That, uh, that's because you were the champ. Yeah. Let's also be clear here, ladies and gentlemen, that Jeremy was booking the territory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, you know, like some of the other guys would come to you and they'd be like, you know, I think that maybe I should have a run. You're like, that's not for you, baby. Oh, man. It's funny. Like, I never got labeled as a power-hungry one. Uh, LeBoy would always get labeled because me and LeBoy used to to book together. I thought thought LeBoy was, like, the fall guy. Like, always. What he... Well, there was a time period where I was out for a little bit, uh, but me and him were still booking. But he got all the heat on the booking decisions. And so then I came back and everybody was like, oh, you got to save us. And like, I took over, like, everybody thought I took over completely. And like, I made all these different decisions and like. But it's all the same stuff. Like, I was still, like, I was going over. Well, the funny thing was like. So you were like Vince Russo. (laughs) (laughs) They thought they fired you, but you were still working for the company the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's like, what were you going to say? But yeah, I'll see. Ghostface killed the champ. I came out to you. And then one point I was running a gimmick when I was, um, we had like a, a tournament called the King of the Underground. I won that and became the Majesty uh, John Juris. Oh my god. So you weren't the King of the Indies. You were the King of the Underground. Yeah. Like even lower than the <laughs> That's and, uh, crazy. I came out to uh, run DMC down with the King. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, you know, ever since we were at, uh, in Chicago, we listened to AC Romero come out to uh, I Just Want to Use Your Love. Like, anytime I'm, like, listening to, like, I'm never going to be a pro wrestler, but anytime I'm listening to the radio and, like, a theme song comes on, or uh, calling it a theme song, anytime, like, just a regular song comes on it, but it's, like, iconic, I'm like, that would be a great theme song. Like, like the other day I was, like, sitting, like, in my car and, like, Journey came on, Don't Stop Believing, and I was like, yes! <laughs> like, don't. 
Like the crowd would be so into it because they already know it. You no, know what I mean? Right. Like all these wrestlers are coming out to these crappy rock songs. Or just like generic beats. Generic beats and you know, whatever. But like you're on the indies. You're not going to get sued. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. Unless you're like being filmed or a TV deal. Like, I'm coming out to Prince, bro. <laughs> I'm coming out to like Purple Rain or some crap like that. Michael like, Jackson. Yeah, bro. Like come out to beat, beat it. it. Yes. Oh my God. Like, like, yeah. If you came out to beat it, like, like, don't want to be wrong. <laughs> don't be a macho man. <laughs> beat it. But like, we were uh, we were having a discussion before the show started, and I like came to the conclusion that like for me, if I was gonna be a pro wrestler, my theme song would absolutely be Bon Jovi. Uh, what Living it? on a prayer. Living on a prayer. It's the white person like national anthem. <laughs> like anytime you're out and just with like doesn't matter where you're at. You could be at a shop. You can be at a store. You can be at church. You can be at the bar, like a restaurant. It doesn't matter what facet of life you are. If that song comes on, white people, like, <laughs> they lose their crap, bro. They love it. They're like, what? Uh, and, like, I'm always, like, hanging out with, like, like, us. Us. <laughs> and like my like a lot of my black friends are just sitting there just like shaking their head and that's why like I know like me, Rich yeah. James. <laughs> but yeah, no, like for real, um living on a prayer would like get huge pops. Like that would be like a super indie like Dude, you could, you would get over instantly. I also thought about like Phil Collins, I could feel coming in the air tonight. Yeah. Like if if you did it the right way, like that'd be a that won't be good. That'd be good. Have like the fog machine. What's something you would come out to? Like, something super iconic. We'll move on. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the ones you said would be, like, great options. Also, like, maybe, like, a crazy, like, like DMX. <laughs> X gonna give it to you. Uh, yeah, well, like, uh. people will get hyped. Actually, you know what? Like, where we live in Florida, like, they would not get hyped. You'd be a heel, like, for <laughs> Like if like Mr. Bates or like Snoop uh, Snoop Strikes came out of yeah, that. Yeah, they came out to that like. You know what's hilarious is like we go to those Tampa Bay Pro shows and uh, Buck Q comes out to um, the song from WrestleMania 17. Oh, uh, my, my way. way, yeah. Yeah, and now, like it's such a hot song, but I'm always like, man, that means Buck Q's coming. <laughs> Like, I get very conflicted. Feel No, actually, he's a great worker. He's just, he's old. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. No, but um, let's get into these shows. Let's get into these, uh, you know, destruction shows, man. Yeah, so first we had Destruction in Hiroshima. And this show. I don't want to be insensitive, but that seems like a terrible name for a show to do in Hiroshima. Destruction. Yeah, yeah, bro. They dropped a bomb in Hiroshima. <laughs> like, what are we really doing? Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't want to cause any cultural issues. <laughs> but that does seem like an insensitive like name. Yeah. For for a pay per view in that city, I don't know. That's just me. That like I haven't thought about it till literally we're on the air, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's a little iffy. Yeah. If you ask me. That'd be like that'd be like doing like bombing in New York. It's like what, right, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm like what what what? Yeah, demolition in New York. Yeah, like, <laughs> what? Yeah, that wouldn't fly. But anyways, uh, let's get into this. So we started off uh, the show hot with a six man tag action. We had the team of Kushida, Tiger Mask Four, and the living legend Jushin Thunder Liger taking on Rapongi 3K, Show Yo, as well as Rocky Romero. 
who they're now calling the Swiss Army Pocket Knife, because he can do it all, apparently. <laughs> and you know, I mean, this match was good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was pretty standard. Um, I think that the selling point and kind of what was interesting here is that all six of these guys were involved in the British J-Cup for Rep Pro just last week. So I think that's part of, like, the interest of the angle. Obviously, Rapongi 3K is a strong unit. And then, you know, Kushida, we're getting ready to see him at the end of this tour take on Bushi um, in the first leg of the Junior Heavyweight uh, Tag Tournament. Yeah. So, um, you know, a little bit of backstory and then, you know, this to me was sort of like a uh, just a vehicle to like open the show hot and maybe put some shine on Kushida, get him ready, you know? Yeah. Other than that, though, there was nothing that would that like stuck out to me. You know, I mean, this was your standard solid junior six man tag. Nothing to complain about, but nothing really for me to. Um, you know, point out and say like, "Hey, that was remarkable," or anything of that. Right. Nature. I mean, it was a good, good little opener. Yeah. Um. I mean, I did notice Liger was out there like showtaying guys harder than he normally does. Yes. Did you notice that? <laughs> yes. Why was he? Why was he showtaying the crap out of Show and Yo? Like, like want them to realize they're still young boys, or like, what's the deal? I, I guess so. And I don't. I think it was the next show where Show ended up getting like a no a swell. His eye swell up. Oh, what? was that? I think it was, I don't think it was this show. I think it was the next show. I thought he broke Umino, Umino's nose, or was that a different match? Uh, yeah, Umino's nose. That was a, no, a different match. There was maybe it was this. There was a match where Show's eye swole up. Okay. But um. But yeah, I mean this this match was very solid. You know, really good opener, three star affair. But I, I was surprised, a little bit surprised that uh, Rocky Romero was the one that ate the pin from uh, Tiger Mask. Um, I mean Rocky at this point, like, I'm not saying that they're never gonna do a run with Rocky again. I'm sure they probably will at some point. Like he's not done, done, but you know. Rocky's never been, like, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Right. You know, and they're trying to protect Show and Yo, and someone's going to take the fall. In these six-man tag matches, it's probably going to be Rocky. Rocky, yeah. But I was expecting maybe Kushida to get the, the pinfall since he's in the tournament. Yeah, that would have made sense to me. I thought that was kind of an interesting booking decision. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's essentially what happened. The, the, the interesting thing, though, is Rocky, to give him credit... He did get. He was doing the forever clotheslines and got cut off, and he ended up getting hit with the tiger driver, and he kicked out it too. Right, but then he got hit with the tiger, tiger suplex, and it was game time. Did you think that tiger suplex was weird? Like he kind of just like laid down, and Rocky just rolled over him. Like there was no, <laughs> there was literally no impact to that tiger suplex. Yeah. Like, like you want to talk about low bridges? Like it don't get no lower. The, the dude literally just rolled backwards. And I was like, what? What happened there? But yeah, so. Uh, Kushida, Tiger Mask 4, and Jushin Thunder Liger pick up the win at 7 minutes and 15 seconds. And that takes us to the grudge match of the tour. Yeah, Bad Luck Fale against Toa Hanare. Uh, you know, they've been telling this story for a while now. You know, Toa trained with Fale. And they always tell that story. First day in the dojo, he came up to Fale, you know, said, I want to smoke. Fale put him down. Um, and ever since, you know, Toa's made it into New Japan, he's had run-ins with Fale. This is, what, their second one-on-one match now? Do you think that's a real story? Like, what... Or is it, is it, or is it kayfabe, like, they're working us? Yeah, you think it's a kayfabe story? I mean, like, think about that. You're in a, uh, 
I don't know, it's New Zealand, so I mean, anything could happen. But I mean, you go into a wrestling school and you know that it's a work and you're, you're going to fight the head dojo trainer? Like, <laughs> doesn't sound like That sounds like some Bruce Lee, like, enter the dragon sort of crap to me. I don't know. Um, Man, we don't know what kind of, you know, school folly is running over there. We really, really, you're absolutely right. We have no idea what, have you seen the school? I've seen uh, some, some like footage and actually the ring that they wrestle on is yeah. like, it's literally just some pads on the ground. Well, they got one of them thin rings. It's not a ring. Oh, just pads? It's just pads on the ground, dude. Like if it is, it's only elevated by like an inch or so. It's very, it's very, uh, you know, old, like, it's like watching, you know, the guys train in the dungeon, like in the Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's like. They just have some ropes and like some posts and I, and a, it's a small ring. It's like 12 by 12. It's tiny. Yeah. And I was like, dang, they wrestle in that? Like, I don't know. But yeah, so here, once again, uh, Hanare was killed by Fale. We had the uh, hit with a big lariat and the grenade for the win. Yeah, so they had previously wrestled at, uh, what was that? That was at the um, G1 Climax Finals. Yeah. And what was it, a minute 55, I think, something like that? Something like that. So Hanari came out, just stormed him, and then he ended up, was it Bad Luck Fall or was it the grenade? The, the first, first time was the Bad Luck Fall. They teased that here. He escaped the Bad Luck Fall, but the grenade did him in here. Yeah, so this match was essentially just a prolonged and not even by much, maybe by a minute, but it was literally this match was about a minute longer. The one, the one criticism I have about it, I don't have a problem with the story, but here's my one criticism: Toa Hinare, when he storms him the very, 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 very beginning, he looks great, and then he runs out of ideas. You literally <laughs> can see the guy like wondering, "What do I do next?" And he looks lost. Um, and you don't want to see a if you want if you you have like a hot baby face attacking a guy. You don't want to see him blow up or get lost in that moment and then just start resorting to kicks and chops. You know what I mean? Right. That was my only major complaint. There's not much. I mean, this was a two-minute 54 match, and, you know, Bad Luck Folly just basically hit him with the grenade, and it, it was one, two, three. It did, it did what it needed to do to tell the story that they're trying to tell. What that story is, I still don't really know. Um, but, I mean, you know, Hanare kind of had a similar series with Ishii earlier in the year. Right. And then they put him in with Balak Fale. Um, do you think that there's still rumblings of the idea that Hanare may eventually join the firing squad, especially uh, uh, with them like recruiting? Yeah, a lot of people have been speculating this, this is what this whole rivalry is about, like Hanare proving his toughness. And I could see that happening. Again, I, we, don't, we have no idea for sure. But yeah, Bullet Club OG, they are recruiting. Um, Toa has trained under Fale. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did end up having Toa join. I mean, it would kind of make sense and fit in with their whole background. I would like to see him join a faction. It, the, the, you know, that Firing Squad might be like, a, you know, OG Bullet Club might be a good one for him, actually. But I'd like to see him hold on to. I know we've criticized his like attire and stuff over the past year, but I'm at the point now where I'm fine with it. I would yeah. like to see him maintain some of that uh, like New Zealander like gimmick. Yeah. But like evil. Right, more serious. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like you know, maybe he has like the black camel skins and like white face paint and like, you know, maybe like a take on the tribal war paint that G.O.D. wears. Mm -hmm. Something like that. That'd be kind of cool to me. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? He could kind of become like the baby enforcer of the group. Yeah. I don't know. But, For some uh, reason, the first thing, thing that came to my mind was Umaga. 
Yes, that's the exact vibe I'm thinking of, like an Umaga vibe. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't know how to say it, but that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, not like evil Tatanka. Right. Not like not like Corporation Tatanka. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like Umaga. Yeah, that would be. I feel like that would do a lot of good for him. Yeah, that would I be cool. But um, who knows if that's what they're doing? They might just be jobbing the dude because they don't have anything <laughs> for to do. I don't know. Right. But uh, yeah, so uh, Hanare. Eats the pin, and we move on to the third match of the night. Uh, the return of Killer Elite Squad, and they took on the team of Michael Elgin and Ayato Yoshida. And I just want to start off by saying, my hats and my hands are off to Killer Elite Squad because for the first time in like what, maybe over a year, maybe longer. No one got spat on. Yes, th- that's the first thing I oh noticed. Oh my god! As soon as they got into the ring, I was like, "Oh my god, Archer's not spitting on anybody." Yeah. What do you think that's about? Maybe it's a part of Harold um, Harold uh, May's like new Bro, like policies. That's what I was literally when I saw that they weren't spitting on people. I thought like that it might have something to do with Harold May. Like the um, you know the commentary team is trying to like sell it like these guys have been gone for five months and they're angry and they're they're not playing games. But I was like. Spitting on the crowd was a game. <laughs> well, I don't know. Archer looked like he was having fun with that. Archer l- loves it, dude. <laughs> like he loves it, and I think I think Davy Boy loves it too. So at least it's water that Davy Boy's like spilling on the fans, and not like hot cups of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davy uh, Boy's like, I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah. So Killer Elite Squad came out, and um, yeah, they look serious, man. They yeah, look serious. Uh, Davy Boy Smith, he's wearing his. Uh, the the, the uh, gear similar to uh, Teddy Hart, the the entrance attire. They're they're teaming up in MLW he, now. He, bro, he never like gives a crap about what he's wearing. Like when it comes to Killer Elite Squad, I'm like, are these guys gonna get on the same page? Like, <laughs> even when they'll both be wearing jeans and like archers are all tattered and like you know. Dave Boy just Davey bought Boy's, his. Yeah. <laughs> They're like tapered and cuffed at the bottom, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then, like, then he'll be like, you know what? I'm just gonna wear the bulldog attire. And I'm like, what? Like, right. And now he's wearing his uh, new heart foundation gear. I liked when they first started tagging, and, and Archer wore the black tights, and then he wore the black trunks, and they kind of like coordinated. I like when tag teams coordinate. Yeah, so do I. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I'm, a, I'm an 80s, like, you know, tag team wrestling mark. I like when the guys, you can tell that, like, like I like best friends because when they're not tagging, they have variations. Right. But when they tag, they were, they always coordinate. Yeah. I love that. But, uh, yes, yeah, so they took on Elgin and Yoshida. What do you think about this match, Jeremy? You know, I thought it was a solid tag match. I thought Killer Elite Squad looked really good. Uh, you know, we haven't seen them in action in New Japan, what, it's about five months. So I thought, um, I was happy they were back. They looked pretty good. Um, Yoshida, also looked good as well. Uh, so did Elgin. I mean, everybody looked good in this match. It was a solid tag match. Clearly, the whole point of this match was to reintroduce Killer Elite Squad, get them over, and get you thinking that they could be potential number one contenders for the IWGP heavyweight tag titles. Yeah, and with that being said, let's talk about that for a second. So you want to talk about your mixed matches and things like that. Um, I know that the Young Bucks are... You know, undoubtedly, probably the greatest tag team going today, and one of the all-time greats when it comes to tag team wrestling. However, dude, them and Killer Elite Squad is such a huge size differential, like way bigger than any other that they're going to run into in New Japan at this current time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember a time 
watching the Young Bucks that they've ever wrestled. A team that big. I'm not saying that they, I'm not like casting doubt on whether they can or can't, but just from a, um, the standpoint of like that picture. Yeah. Because they've been undersized against guys who are way, way undersized compared to KES. You know what I mean? Um, what do you think that's going to do? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I really want to see the match. And we, we've kind of talked about this in past shows. Like, we want to see Killer Elite Squad versus Young Bucks. I think that match would be really great. And I think that's what they're building towards. For me, that was kind of more like a speculative thing. But now that it's a reality, I'm like, there's a part of, like, that wrestling fan of me that's kind of, like, scared for the Young Bucks. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know they could beat. I know that, you know, they could probably beat them, like, right. whatever. But, like, think about it. Bro, it's like the Rock and Roll Express. or it, it, It's like the Rockers taking on, like, the Twin Towers. It's like, oh my god, like yeah. that size differential is crazy. It's like I'm taking on demolition. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Killer Elite Squad, I mean, they're one of the largest tag teams in the game. Like, so um and they they look like they're heating they've been heating them up for a while. Right. Uh, even though they've been gone for about five months before they left, they, they were, were winning. They were winning. Yeah. And they had just beaten, I think, uh Ishii and uh, Yano. because Yeah, because remember we questioned that because yeah. Ishii and Yano, they were getting built up and then all of a sudden KES comes in and like just beats them. Um, but yeah, KES uh, got the win here with the killer bomb on Yoshida. Any thoughts about Elgin and Yoshida tagging together? That choice? What do you, what do you think about that? Um, well, you know, Elgin always seems to get paired up with um, young boys or guys like Yoshida or like a David Finley, or kind of the lower lower card kind of guys. Um, and when you see that happens, you know, obviously Elgin's team's taking the L. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just kind of shows you where, again, where they kind of view Yoshida. Yeah, there's people that were talking about Yoshida online and kind of questioning, you know, the fact that he has come in and it seems sort of what I'd been asking, like, where does he where does he stand in the right. company? And someone had pointed out, and I thought this was worth mentioning, they're like, you know, he's been working main events and working prolonged matches for a while, so even though he is young, you know what I mean, He, it's not like he's just an opening act the way that right. like, a young lion is. So, yeah, because he's a K-Dojo product, so, and this essentially is like a tryout for him, so it's not like he's full, I mean, he could be signed, we don't know, but like... Right, and we kind of speculated about this last week. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's been kind of like all over the card in, as far as card placement, so... So, to me, it's sort of like a tryout to see, you know, they, they must be behind him, though, because, I mean, they're featuring him quite a bit. Um, I don't think they would do that if they didn't have any sort of plans or intentions for him, but... Uh, right. I think he's an impressive... He's impressive, yeah, man. Yeah, Like, he really, really is. Um, so, yeah, I hope to see more of him, but, yeah, KES, they look... Nine minutes, killer bomb, killer bomb, and then uh, after the match, they were like wrecking young boys. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they uh, he ch- uh, Archer choke slam Narita. I think it was. Was that on the outside or was that in the ring? Uh, they did something on the outside where I was like, oh, that's really nasty. Yeah, I can't remember who it was on the outside, but I'm pretty sure Narita got choke slam inside. And then that takes us to the next match of the night. Will uh, the team of Chaos? So Will Osprey. Trent Beretta, Chucky e. T taking on Kota Ibushi, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. Yeah, so this was another, you know, good six-man tag. 
And once again, for me, the highlight in this match was, you know, the interactions between Ibushi and Will Ospreay. Yeah. And they just keep teasing that. They're teasing us, taunting us with that match. Because they know we want it <coughs> so badly. Yes, we want it so bad. And, <laughs> dude, this needs to be a Wrestle Kingdom match. Hmm. Does it? I mean, I don't know. Like, for me, like, that that would be pretty amazing. But at the same time, I'm like, well, well, that would be quite a, that would be quite a uh, jump for Osprey. Not just, I don't want to say jump, like a reward. Obviously, he's having one of the, the best years of the juniors. You know, we, we've been talking all year about, you know, wrestler of the year honors with this guy. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, what a way to reward him if they decide to do that. My only thing is I'm just still thinking about the whole Golden Lovers storyline. And, and where's that's, where that's Exactly. Going. Plus, at the same time, it's like, you know, Abushi's the kind of guy where, from a creative standpoint, he might want to do that. But also, at the same time, I... I fully anticipate him being involved in some sort of title angle of some sort. True. And I just don't see that with Will Ospreay. But now that you've said it, I'm like, well, you know, Abushi might just want to do that. Like, because that match would be, like, freaking incredible. In the Tokyo Dome? Oh, my gosh. Imagine what those two would do in the Dome in the big match. Give them 15 minutes, 16, 17 minutes. Oh they'd gosh. kill it. So, yeah, I mean, um, but I don't know. I mean, it, you, it, we're in what? We're in freaking September. I mean, January's a long way away, so I don't know if they're going to hold off something like that. You know, this could just be one of those little breadcrumbs that they throw at us now, and then a year from now or two years from now, it gets paid off. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff they do. So, um, hard to say, but yeah, I mean, every time I've seen Osprey and, and Ibushi interact, it's just, it's magic. Yeah. And then it was great seeing best friends back in New Japan. Yeah. I mean, everyone's all, all excited about Trent being back, but I'm like, well, what about Chucky e. T? The Kentucky gentleman. What about the Kentucky <laughs> gentleman, ladies and gentlemen? Did you see that tweet that he posted about missing Bola? Yeah, he was like, I'm so sad I'm missing Bola. Um, I don't get to see William Regal looking out behind the curtain thinking he's seen like the worst wrestler of all time. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um... Yeah, Chuck E. T's got the best tweets, man. Yeah, like, dude. He's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, um, best friends and Will Ospreay taking on. Now, one thing that I thought was interesting was um, you had mentioned last week about how fed up Abushi seemed with the whole Bullet Club thing. Yeah. And they kind of were playing into that a little bit, seemed like, in this match where Yujiro and Chase were, like, cheating a bit. And they were trying to get Abushi to cheat, and Abushi was like, nah. Yeah, he wasn't with He wasn't yeah. with it, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you? What did you think when you saw that? Yeah, once again, I, can, I think it's playing into this whole, you know, Kenny and Kota storyline. I think it's playing into the split. I think, little by little, Kota's going to keep getting frustrated with being involved with the Bullet Club Elite. And I think it's going to get to a point where he's like, Kenny, like... We're either golden lovers or nah. Like, I'm not being a part of the, the Bullet Club elite. Like, you need to be with them or be with me. Hey, and I'm all with that because I'm, like, the whole time, this is going back to New Japan Cup, dude. Yeah. We're going back to March. And I remember the first time on that tour when I was like, they got a Bushi teaming with the Bullet Club? That sounds so I know, you're like, this is weird. Like, why? Well, yeah. It's been weird. Like, and as much as I like to joke around and say how much I like Chase and Ibushi as a team, um, it's kind of more just like a facetious sort of thing. Like, but, I mean, Ibushi to me is like the ultimate white hat. And seeing him team with, you know, Yujiro and Chase is just, it's still weird to me. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So, yeah, I'm sure that's building into that boiling point where Ibushi's going to be like... <laughs> 
I can't do this anymore. As far as the match, though, I mean, this was actually one of the best matches on the on the card. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I thought it was a better six-man tag than, say, the opener for sure. And if you think about it, um, almost everybody in here was at one point a very accomplished junior. Yeah. Trent, Osprey, Ibushi, Takahashi, Chase. The only one who wasn't is Chucky e. T, and he still wrestles that style. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you had a great mix of talent in this match, and it, it was very entertaining, I thought. Yeah, and the Chaos team gets the win with the Strong Zero, which is the Dude Buster Double Stomp combo. That's funny because I remember in the past that they named it the Strong Zero, but during the post-match interview, they like said that they didn't know what the name was. They it. forgot. <laughs> did they forget that they I, named it Strong Zero? I think they did, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I hit, he's like, I jumped on his butt. He hit him with the Trent Buster. And he's like, <laughs> I, I, it's not the Trent Buster. I'm the Dude Buster. <laughs> he's like, we, we got a name for it. We don't have a name for it. We're, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, like, it's the strong zero, dude. You guys named this like, <laughs> like in December. <laughs> yeah, obviously it was a while ago. It was yeah, like cl- ten months ago. <laughs> yeah, clearly they forgot about that. But yeah, they hit the strong zero. These guys are out there doing some <laughs> late night cardio, or something, you know, <laughs> uh, on the streets of Rapongi. Like. Yeah, hanging out with uh, Juice. Yeah, man. I don't uh, know. But yeah, they get the win here. And, uh, of course, it was more a continuation of Osprey wanting Ibushi. My biggest, uh, criticism. I would like to see Ujiro take more of these falls. Stop, stop jobbing Chase, okay? <laughs> stop jobbing my boy. Like, we all know Ujiro's not going anywhere. He's not going to be, like, in the G1. He's not going to have a title reign. Chase still got, he's still going places, okay? Chase is on the case. Like, stop jobbing this dude. He's better than Ujiro. Hashtag save Chase. Sa- hashtag save Chase. <laughs> oh, man. So, up next, we had the never openweight six man tag team championship match with the champions, Tama Tonga, Tangaloa, and Taiji Ishimori defending against the team of Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Risuke Taguchi. So, you know, we got a lot of, like, shenanigans with Taguchi Japan. Taguchi was in there wearing a rugby helmet. And rugby, like, jersey. Yeah, they call him plays, stuff like that. But for me, this match never really took off. I mean, it was perfectly fine, um, but it never really got out of, like, first gear or anything like that. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of your basic... Team Taguchi Japan kind of match where they're kind of doing the hip attack stuff and like the you know the running the play corner spots and stuff like that and then Tama's doing the stuff he does Ishimori's in there just being like incredible um, just making like Tama and and he doesn't make Tama and, and uh, Tangaloa look good right he just looks so good <laughs> that they're like they're just there like you know what I mean like it's not like he's like in there like making like raising their stock he's in there raising his, his stock. own stock. Yeah, it's it's crazy how amazing Taiji Ishimori really is, but um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I you know, obviously we've got uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed is on the horizon. What that's at the end of the month, so, uh, September thirtieth. So, you know, the story there with Tamatanga and Tangaloa, they're getting ready to challenge against the Young Bucks. So, I didn't anticipate that there'd be that they'd be dropping these belts here to to Gucci Japan. Although yeah. they, they easily could, could have. have, yeah. But yeah, I was expecting them to retain, which they did when Tangaloa hit the ape shit on David Finley. Yeah, and they got the win there. So you know, it was what it was. Uh, 
that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, so then we had more six-man tag action with the Chaos team of Hiroki Goto, Toriyano, and Ghetto taking on the Suzuki-gun trio of Taichi, Iska, and Kanemaru. Yeah, so this sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute dud. Um, yeah, man, it just it sucked. It's like, what you expect. Suzuki-gun brawling. Toriano comedy, ghetto cheating comedy. I mean, we we've been saying this. We've been seeing iterations of this all throughout the uh, the road two shows. And obviously, if you are a listener of this show, you know we're not fans of you know Izuka. We're not big fans of Kanemaru. Kanemaru, Taichi still has plenty to criticize. Goto is spotty. Even though Goto can have a five-star match any given night, <laughs> yeah, he wrestles to the level of his competition, and it's not a cliched thing that they just say for story. Like it's the truth. True. Yeah. Like you know, um, and then you know, Gato's Gato, man. Like at this point in his career, and Toriano is com- you know a comedy wrestler. Sure. I'm sad to see wrestler Toriano go. Yeah, man. Shooter Yano was my one of my favorite things the G1 this summer. It man. literally was one of my favorite things this whole Dude, year. I popped for literally every belt to belly <laughs> for me like when we talk about like fighting spirit awards like shooter yano is gonna shooter be a- yano like is is a candidate like, <laughs> you, you show me something more inspiring than him trying to, <laughs> trying to do fair play okay um redeem his school so i mean if you would have seen this on paper and you listen to the show you know we wouldn't have been big fans of it and i don't know too many new japan fans that would have been like super into this yeah plus so this match ends with dq tai chi yeah uh, hits uh goto with the mic stand beats him down now i get it there's people that probably are listening to this and they're like well you guys don't get it they're they're trying to build up taichi and heat him up for the match with with goto it's like nah i, I get it i don't care though yeah uh, i'm i'm just it's whatever you know yeah not really i'm not feeling this i'm not into it. i'm not with the smoke you know yeah so but you know they did it if their job was to try to build up the Goto and uh, Taichi match, I guess that's the way that they did it. Uh, again, we talked about this all throughout the, um, what's it called? The Road 2 shows, how to me, of all the title matches, this was the one with the worst build, and this just kind of parlayed into that. Again. Yeah, this did not make me want to see that title match at all. Maybe we're being little babies. I don't know. You know, that is part of Taichi's thing. Like, he's a real heel and he does stuff to make you not like him. And Right. But uh, it's also at a point where it's like, well, I, I also want to be entertained by what you're doing. Like, I don't want to actually dislike watching you work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So, I mean, but this is whatever. I, I wouldn't even give this a rating. Was, to me, this is just a dud. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. And if I was going to start giving it ratings, we're going to start going into like, Negative. Negatives. Yeah. Quarter star. I don't know. It's not yeah, good. It's not. I mean, and that, and it was eleven minute match. There was a lot to kind of judge off of. It wasn't good. Um, was this the night when Isaka started attacking announcers? Or was that the next? That night? was the next night. Okay. Okay. So um, that brings us to the next match of the night. Tet, uh, the team of Lij Tatsuya Naito, Sonata, Evil, and Bushi taking on. Suzuki-gun, Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., Takamichinoku, and Desperado. And again, this is much of what we've been seeing this whole Destruction Tour, including the Road 2 shows. Uh, surprise, surprise, Suzuki-gun jump at the start. These guys are brawling over the place. Obviously, the focus is on Naito and Suzuki. They're out there brawling. But I gotta say, man, Suzuki murdered 
Naito yeah, in this did. match. Yeah, he did. He brutally beat him. Yeah, he did. Had him choked out, was hanging him with a sleeper on the ropes. Yeah. Women were crying um, at Naito, just getting wrecked. Yeah, um, this was one of the worst, like, uh, beatings. I mean, you know, we saw this guy get left as a bloody pulp by Jericho, and I felt way more sympathy in in this interaction. There was no yeah. blood involved, but it was yeah. so much more vicious than that, you know, quote-unquote, the, the two attacks from Jericho this past year. Taking nothing away from them. I'm not even criticizing them. I thought they were good angles. Yeah. But this was awesome. Yeah. Um, also... I was ex- a little surprised because we got suit Naito. He came out with the cape, yeah. He came out with the suit. I was expecting to see like a good performance, like you know, considering that it was a destruction show. I was like, oh, you know, he's ready to go. Uh, we didn't really get that. Like he got destroyed in this match. Yeah, he got wrecked. And how about the stuff with Evil and Zack Saber Jr.? I think that's worth uh, making mention of. Yeah, so it looks like they're building towards a Evil Zack Saber one-on-one match at some point. Doesn't it feel like that is something that should center around, like, the IC title for some weird reason? Or the Never title? Something. Yeah. It just feels like... That feels like a big match to me. Yeah, me too, and that's kind of weird. I mean, they've never had a singles match before. Right, because they've uh, been in opposite blocks in G1 the past two years, and, yeah, they just haven't crossed paths in one-on-one match. So, yeah, looks like they're setting that up. Um... Yeah, and I mean, they had a lot of comments for each other after the matches, and um, so yeah, I mean, clearly they're building to something between those two guys. I, what exactly it is, I don't know, but it, I feel like that's something we're going to get on King of Pro Wrestling for some reason. But yeah, could be. Um, and uh, LIJ ends up getting the win here. They did uh, Sonata and Evil hit the magic killer on Takamichi Nohu. But the main story of this was Night or Suzuki leaving Naito for dead. Um, and yeah, so t- talk about that. What happened at the end of the match there? So uh, Suzuki and I turned on the floor. Suzuki was pretty much had he had like a choke, a rear choke yeah. on uh, Naito. Yeah. Also, the referee is paying attention to the action in the ring. So the whole time the match is finishing, Naito, Suzuki's choking out Naito. After the match is over, he's still choking out Naito. Um, the referees and young boys can't get him off. You know, and finally he lets go, leaves Naito for dead. Like I mentioned earlier, women are crying, weeping at the sight of Naito's like lifeless body. Yeah. Eventually, he comes to. They're trying to get him to the back. They're trying to get him on a stretcher. He he refuses a stretcher. Yeah, it was it was some scary stuff, um, honestly. And I mean, you know, watching wrestling, I I really appreciate a great post match angle like that. And I mean, like they had me a little bit like like, not that I thought it was real. <laughs> Not that I thought like this dude like but, re- like had brain damage, but at the same time I was like, dude, um, are they gonna like stretch her off like Tetsuya Naito yeah, tonight? They did a great job of getting sympathy, yeah. simpy for uh, Naito. They got some simpy <laughs> on Naito, but they really they, correct me if I'm wrong. They brought out the stretcher and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he re- he refused to go on. He stretcher. was face down. I thought I thought they were I thought they were doing a stretcher job. I was yeah. like, oh my god. You know what I kind of thought they might do for a half? Well then. This is stupid. So you know, some sometimes guys, if you listen to the show, you know that I'm stupid. But um, for a half second, I thought that they were gonna not do the match the next, like they're gonna stretch him. Oh, and, and postpone the match to King. But then I, but then like I only thought about it for a half second. I was like, oh my god, are they even gonna do this match? And then I was like, wait, it's the main event. Of course they're gonna do it. <laughs> like, you're an idiot. You don't even have a title match tomorrow, so of yeah. course they're gonna do it. But yeah, he uh, he ended up walking off. Um, I think 
did he he had like uh, Lij kind of help support him to walk out right. Was it Lij or was it Young Boys? I can't remember right now. I don't think it was the Young Boys. Probably, probably Lij. Yeah. So yep. Um, speaking of which, like, why? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but why would? Why were his boys letting him get like you know choked until he literally had brain damage? Like, what? What was that about? Because dude, Lij, we've talked about it before. <laughs> they are the worst when it comes to backing up Naito. They will literally stand there and watch that man get jumped. Why are they letting this dude get wrecked, like, every night? Like, I don't understand. Like, people talk about... People want to blame Gato and, you know, New Japan Office and conspiracies. They want to blame, like, Okada's title reign. But let's start at the basics. Let's look at LIJ. These dudes are never there when this guy gets attacked. Like, dude. LIJ and Chaos. They're the worst (laughs) at supporting their stable mates. (laughs) Well, chaos is more recent, but like Lij has a like a measurable and demonstrable track history of like not backing up Naito. It's like yeah. what the heck's going on? Like, my God. Uh, speaking of chaos, they were one in of, one of these uh, days when Lij like turns on him, which you know at some point will probably something like that will probably happen if history you know proves true. And I'm just gonna look back and be like, well. They never had his back to begin with. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, why, why y'all surprised? Like, you know? But, yeah, so I mentioned Chaos. They were in the next matchup, represented by Okada, Yoshihashi, and Jay White. And they were taking on the team of Hiroshi Tanahashi, Togi Makabe, and Tomioka Hanma. Um, obviously, the story of this match was building towards Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, coming up this Sunday for the shot at the Tokyo Dome. But you know what's interesting? It's that's really not the story. I know. Match. I would say there was also more. That was like one part of one part of the story of this match. The other story of this match, obviously, Jay White has been fighting for control of Chaos, and with him beating Okada in the G1, he feels like he should be the leader of Chaos. And actually, like Yoshihashi was the center of a lot of the story of this match. You have that's Jay- why this match was terrible. <laughs> that's why this match is getting negative stars for me. <laughs> so you had you had Jay White trying to get you know Yoshihashi like listen to him and take his lead. We've also had comments from Tanahashi saying he wants Yoshihashi to leave Chaos. He wants to kind of like get Yoshihashi, him. yeah, get him under his wing and you know train him up. And so obviously Okada. Listen, I, I love the ace, okay, but he's he's losing it, dude. Like, <laughs> it, this dude's telling me he sees potential. Like, you know, you told me you saw potential in Ibushi. Okay, I see that. But you want to tell me you see potential in in Yoshihashi? Like, yeah, just get ready because I'm gonna start. Ch- Go ace. And when I say go ace, I'm talking about the real ace. <laughs> Everyone's like, uh, when I did that Tanahashi rant, like after he like beat Ibushi and like people were like, wow, you really love Tanahashi. And I was like, I guess I do. But yeah, my loyalty only goes so far. You start supporting Yoshihashi and we're going to have beef. <laughs> it's going to totally invalidate that moment when he pointed, pointed at me in uh, New, Orleans. New Orleans. That's over. <laughs> that's ancient history. Start uh, rolling with Yoshihashi. Hey, man, maybe the ace can work a miracle. No, he can't. No one can work a miracle. It's Yoshiyashi. Come on. Like, no, I'm just playing. Like, but anyway, so yeah, so what were you saying? So yeah, so 
We saw a lot of miscommunication between the Chaos team here. Nothing but miscommunication. Yeah. And manipulation. A lot of a lot of the times where Jay White was tagging in, it was only in situations where it benefited him. Right. At the detriment of his stablemates. Right. Um, and so it came down to where um, Okada, uh, Yoshihashi was like holding Tanahashi. Okada runs to like boot Tanahashi. Uh, Tanahashi moves, he boots Yoshihashi, and uh, Tanahashi cradles Yoshihashi for the win. So then obviously Yoshihashi is pissed at Okada for kicking him in the face. I thought thought it was great at the end where he like uh, was at the commentary table. You couldn't see it, but you could hear the audio. He's like, what happened? Oh yeah, Jay White was like, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened to Yoshihashi? (laughs) What happened? And Kevin's like, Kevin's like, he's like, he got booted and he was like, Okada kicked him. (laughs) He's like, he's like, it was inadvertent. It was not intentional. Okada kicked Yoshihashi. <laughs> He's like Jay. It wasn't. It was unintentional. And yeah. like Jay White starts losing his crap. Yeah. And I was like, this is, you know, for all the criticisms. And I feel like we're always defending Jay White. But like, dude, like this is a dude who was like a, a generic young lion, like just not even that long ago. Yeah. For them to have like these compelling moments and stories all year, I mean, he's not my favorite wrestler or anything like that. But I, I thought that was great. Like just how, s- s- like slimy this dude is. Dude, like, yeah, he's the master manipulator. He's trying to use this to separate, you know, Yoshihashi from Okada and take over Chaos. Um, and we know at the end of this, you know, Yoshihashi, he's mad at Okada. He's kind of like staring at Okada and Tanahashi staring at him. So it's kind of that, see that that's kind of struggle for Yoshihashi, the struggle with chaos. When the match first started, they were supposed to, it seemed like we were going to get Okada and Tanahashi to start things off. And like Jay White made him go in the corner and he like basically said to him, he's like, I beat you in the G1. Yeah. Why should you start? Like, why are you, why are you the leader? And I'm like, woo. Heat. And yeah, so I mean, like, dude, this literally is. We're we're gonna get to a point where we get some sort of confrontation or match between Jay White and Okada. It's inevitable. Yeah, it's inevitable. So I mean, that's definitely gonna happen. But uh, yeah, I thought this was as far as like, you know, doing a job telling a story. This was good, man. Yeah, really good. Um, this was like the anti uh, six man tag that we saw with Goto and like. And, uh, and Taichi? Chaos, the Chaos Suzuki Goon match. Yeah, this was like the anti that. This was really good. I mean, it wasn't like blow away like in ring, but as far as storytelling, like it was really good. The other thing too is it, it casts a lot of doubt on what's going on with Chaos, what's going on with Okada, where's his head at? Tanahashi's playing it up. Like, it's good stuff. Also, before we move on, Hanma. Um, it's interesting how like we kind of been we've been saying like we're like Hanma's not fully there, kind of worried, mm-hmm. and like they've been kind of like relaying the same thing on commentary, being like, yeah, he's like not confident out there, and he's said so. He knows that he's not. yeah. In a lot of his backstage uh, promos, he mentions like he doesn't feel like he's all there and stuff like that. I part of me like has to feel like it's not just a work like there that that there there's a lot of truth to that so yeah. keep our eyes on that like you know keep our eyes on that I, I I hope he does get back to full health and you know full you know capabilities and all that but like I'm every time I see him out there man I'm nervous yeah dude nervous 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 but uh that's gonna bring us to the main evento. yes the IWGP heavyweight championship match the I. W G P. 
the champion, the best bout machine, Kenny Omega, taking on the stone pit bull, Tomohiro Ishii. The Japanese best bout machine. <laughs> <laughs> These guys before this match were two and two yes. in their overall uh, matches against each other. All four matches that they've had have been at the level where you could consider the match the year level contenders. So, yeah. um, I mean, high, high, high expectations here. Yeah, obviously, the most recent being the G1 match that they had this year with Ishii yes. defeating Omega, which got him this title match here. And that's my favorite match they've ever had, I think. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I really love the, uh, the G1 in San Francisco match for the U.S. title. That. Oh yes, the tournament from love, the very first. I love Long that B- match. Yes, yeah, love it, love it. But uh, yeah, and Abushi uh, was out here seconding Omega, which you know. Well, he ended up going on commentary. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. right. My bad. What am I even saying? You're right. He did go to commentary. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was second in too, but yeah, he ended up just going going over to the commentary. Uh, Crack journalism here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean this. Surprise, surprise, this was another excellent matchup between these two guys. I, I don't think it's their best match. I would honestly say this is probably, quote, unquote, the worst match maybe out of the seer, out of the five matches they've had. But once again, this was a way above, this was above four stars. I was like four and a half on this. For in-ring action, it probably is... Like you said, the worst match of the of the five match series they've had, I would say so. Um, not to say it didn't have its moments or that it wasn't great, because this is a great match. Right, it's excellent. I mean, you know, four and a half stars. Yeah. How, how are you going to complain about that? Right. Um, we're so spoiled. I mean, we've had some five star <laughs> matches this year. This match is great. But in terms of like the atmosphere, the story, the prestige of the IWGP title, the backstory, you know, from the G1. Um, I would put this on the same level as like their first two encounters from last year during the uh, you know the New Japan Cup and then the uh, the, the rematch. I forget where they wrestled. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember right now either. To be honest, but uh, I would put it like around the same level as that. Just just for those the importance of, of this match. But but as far as like the action and and the story or you know the actual action, I would say it was probably the, the weakest match they've had, and that's really really saying something because I mean this match was incredible, man. I yes. was they had me popping. I was actually uh, at work watching this with my headphones on, and I was like, oh, <laughs> and like one of my coworkers, she looks over her desk, she's like, you okay over there? I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you want to smoke? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I was popping too. Dude, the you were popping, huh? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this match made you pop, right? <laughs> uh, this segment brought to you by Blue Chew. No, but uh <laughs> <laughs> you all right there? <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> but uh dude, the Double foot stomp spot. We need someone to uh, make a compilation of all our blue chew like uh, shout outs and like ha- like have it like compiled and sent off to blue chew and like I'm ready to sell out, bro. I'm ready to sell out. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the the table the table spot. Omega puts Ishii on the table, out on the outside of the railing. Yeah, goes to the top and jumps over into the double foot stomp. What did you think he was gonna do there? At 
first I maybe you know he does that 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 uh springboard uh, usually it's like a springboard crossbody like, over the railing. Like what he's done to Naito in the past? Right. Right. So I thought maybe he's going to do like a springboard splash, maybe? But then he went to the top. He didn't even go for a springboard. He went to the top. No, he, he did a springboard. Was it a springboard? Yeah, he did a I springboard. Thought, okay, I thought it was just from the top. That's what made it crazy. He did a springboard. Bro. Yeah. Um, same thing. I was thinking... I thought he was going to do like a flip, maybe, onto him. Yeah. Like a senton. Yeah. But it just, like, it didn't seem right because they didn't pull the railing back far enough. And I was like, this doesn't... What is yeah. He, I was like, what is he about to do? Yeah, I was like... <laughs> I, I really did not think he was doing, like, a, a, a double foot stomp. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he did that, like, I I was like, oh, my God, these guys are freaking nuts. Like, bro, Ishii really trusts Kenny Omega because he's let him do some crazy table spots on him over the past, you know, two years. Like, yeah. My God. <laughs> um, um, but this match was just, man, it was just so, so, so great. Yeah. I mean, I lots like, of callbacks to their previous matches, a lot of counters. The beginning was really good where Kenny was kind of focused in on the neck. And I thought Kevin Kelly and, oh, by the way, before we move on, who's the new guy? Who is this guy? So, uh, hold on. Let me get the pronunciation of his uh, last name correctly here. I know he just followed us on Twitter. Yeah, he's he knows what's up. He knows what's up. He's with the smoke. <laughs> but uh, yeah, his name's Mark. Hold on, let me grab his last name here. Uh, Mark Warzeshka. Oh my God, Warzeshka. Warzeshka. We don't know, bro. <laughs> We're still we still can't even pronounce present you know Harold's name right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, apparently this guy he he commentated oh. for uh hi Mark <laughs> for uh, <laughs> for Do- Dojo Pro TV. Um, this is honestly the first time I've heard heard about him or heard his commentary. From well, from what they were saying, I think Dojo. And I correct me if I'm wrong. I think Dojo Pro TV is like the work that they're doing with the LA Dojo and I think he's done some stuff for the uh, for the website with like Rocky and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, do- no, no, no. Dojo Pro's that crappy TV show. Right. That, uh... That it's, it's on Amazon Prime and Fight TV. Caleb Baldwin's always telling me I need to watch it and he's like trying to sell it like it's the greatest thing ever but it sounds crappy to me. It might be good. Who knows? If you if you guys are listeners and you like the show, give us a shout out and tell us about it but, but you know, Caleb's trying to get me to watch Impact and I still don't watch it, so, uh, <laughs> so like I'm not, and I know that Impact's great. So you think I'm gonna watch Dojo Pro at, at Caleb's like, you know, request? Nah. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, him on these shows? I like I thought he was very knowledgeable. He sounded prepared. But I don't know. Something about him was kind of off for me. I'm it was, sure. was kind of off. It seemed like, though, was he commenting? No, this is the first night he was commenting. Yeah. I think the second night he did better. I think yeah. the second night he was a little more fluid, a little more comfortable. And I also thought as the show progressed, he got more comfortable. Yeah. But in the beginning, it was, like, very forced. And I was like, who is this dude? Where's freaking Don Callis? <laughs> where's Rocky? Yeah, I was like, where's Rocky? Where, where's Chris Charlton? Where's Joshua Smith? Like, <laughs> why, why aren't they commenting? Right. Um, no, but I, I'm not going to bury him. I actually thought that, like you said, he did seem very prepared. Like, that was one thing I, I didn't take note of was, like, he's done a lot of research to yeah he he knew the backstory and all the matches on the wrestlers he knew the moves um yeah hopefully i mean 
Do you think Don Callis is done, or what do you think the deal is? Or do you think they just brought this guy in because they need someone? Um, uh, well, I think is they, this a trial? Like, what is? Well, this? they need somebody because Rocky was wrestling, so. Um, I know in the past they, they usually bring him on afterwards. Yeah, Rocky comes out afterwards. Like. But for whatever reason, they didn't, they didn't hear. Um, Don Cows, they had, they had um, the Impact tapings in Mexico oh, that, that's right. that weekend. So it's getting harder and harder for Don Cows to get over here with, with such a, an important role with Impact Wrestling, especially with them doing um, out-of-the-country tapings. So his appearances have been limited to the big shows. I mean, we might not see Don Cows again until Wrestle Kingdom. He'll probably be there for King Pro Wrestling. I'm pretty sure. That's a big show. Yeah. Well, we don't know what's going on with Impact. If they have a taping or somewhere, I mean... Well, yeah, he did miss the G1 Finals. So right. be totally right. I mean, Impact, they tape a lot in Canada. Now they're doing Mexico. Um, they're planning on taping in the UK at some point. Did you feel like Kevin Kelly was burying him? I felt like he was throwing some real digs at, at Don Callis on commentary, and not, like, in a playful manner. Yeah. Maybe I'm just misinterpreting this. I'm not trying to, like, start something. Like, don't don't anyone, like, tweet and be on like... On the dirt sheets. Jo- young boy Joshua Smith <laughs> <laughs> says Kevin Kelly... But it, it did seem kind of like he was criticizing him for maybe not showing up. I don't know. I don't... That's just what it sounded like to right. me. I don't know. Did you pick up on that? To me, I thought it was just their story, like playful their, banter. I mean, yeah. they're always taking shots at each other. And I don't know. For some reason, it came off as different than that to me. Yeah. I don't know. Don, I don't know. Don Kaus is always like burying his friends on on a killing the or yeah, killing the town. Uh, well, if 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 it turns out that he's like done or something or didn't live up to his, uh, you know end of the bargain or something then we'll look back to this episode and be like yeah josh was the person <laughs> he 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 caught it first but uh yeah no but um going back to the match uh they i thought that both of these guys talking about kevin kelly and then mark they did a great job really expounding on the idea that like kenny was targeting the neck and that was like the base of the story but then eventually it kind of devolved into the strikes and the V-triggers and the elbows and the knee, you know. Lariats. The headbutts. Yes. Just, it, it, this match turned into a war. Dude, I popped for um, Ishii doing the V-trigger. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he did that to Ibushi as well, right? Yeah. Did he do a V-trigger during their match during the G1? I'm no, I, I don't think he did. But he definitely did. He, he did the gunpoint to the head, and then, bam, hit that man with the V-trigger. Wow, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. I also like the point where uh, Kenny point did the uh, point of the gun at him, and he, like, stood up, and he, like, I was like, oh, that's, like, that's an awesome picture. Yeah. Uh, that might even be a picture of this week's episode. We'll see. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, this match was awesome. Man, German suplexes, standard suplexes. Like, these guys, not to mention the uh, the spot that you that you kind of uh, mentioned, the uh, the outside coup de gras. Like, right. Which is great. Um, Ish- Ishii's uh, Frankensteiner from the top rope. Yeah, the Ishii Steiner, bro, was awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I'm really pumped for that. Um, yeah, this match had me, had me just really like I mean what more can you ask for and then um, at one point like I thought Kenny was trying to go they, he started teasing like he was going to go for um, like a J driller off the top rope oh yeah yeah and I was like what are they, these dudes are crazy bro like what is thankfully he didn't <laughs> but um, at the same time in a way my only real criticism of the match is that this was like a greatest hits yeah not to say it wasn't ent- entirely 
derivative. I'm not saying that, but it was a lot of the things that we've seen them do on a lesser level. Right. And in other matches, a lot of their matches have gotten to that higher, higher level. I think part of it, one thing I noticed was that it didn't, I mean, Kenny never got hit with the... uh, Brain Buster. With the Brain Buster. And it didn't seem like there's very many points where he was going to get hit with it. And yes, he was getting killed with Lariats and he was getting killed with big moves. But I never really believed that he was going to get pit, like beat. Yeah. And that was one of the things that kind of took the, me out of the match a little bit. Well, I think majority of people I think in the back of their heads was like there's no way Ishii's beating Kenny and with all the work they're doing with this Kenny and Tanahashi story I mean it's so clear that that's the Wrestle Kingdom main event that's true however many times in the past I've thought that Ishii wasn't going to win and either he did or they're just such great workers that they've gotten me to the point where like I'm like screw it Let's go, Ishii. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And it never got to that point for me. Like, to me, it they did an incredible... Now, I'm not saying they made Ishii look weak. That's not what I'm saying. He looked very, very strong, very competent, incredible challenger. But it they weren't catching me with them false finishes in this match. Yeah. Not the way they did, like, even the Pentagon match a few weeks ago. Like, they had me thinking he'd beat Kenny. Um, I'm not... Not every match needs that. But... This match probably could have benefited a little bit more from some of that. And that was one thing that kind of uh, drew it back for me. Um, that being said, the crowd in Hiroshima was... They were into this match. They, not only were they into it, they wanted Ishii, They wanted to see Ishii win. Like, yeah. they were, that was a pro Ishii One crowd. thing I've noticed with New Japan crowds is that they seem to um, support the underdog a lot in their matches. Um, so, you know, sometimes, you know, even regardless of whether the guy is like a face or a heel, um, they'll want to, you know, support the guy who is an underdog. And that, that was the case here in this uh, Omega Ishii match. They were um, sure they might have thought that Omega was going to win the match, but they were big behind Ishii anytime Ishii got a near fall. Um, they were cheering Ishii, and they really wanted to see uh, Ishii win the IWGP Championship and go into Wrestle Kingdom with this title. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And part of that, too, is, you know, any any wrestling crowd is going to want to see a title change and be part of history. Right. You know, I mean, we've seen Ishii. We were there in New Orleans when he beat Zach When Saber. he won the uh, the Rev Pro, the Undisputed British title, yeah. That, that was an awesome moment. So, I mean, you, you as a fan, you want to be part of stuff like that. But uh, do you think that, because um, they brought this up on the commentary, like, and it was also, you know, mentioned in, during the VTR, like, the disparaging comments that Kenny had made about uh, Ishii and, like, the way he was kind of playing with him in the matches leading up to this and, like, the stuff about the... You know about the Japanese wrestlers. Do you think any of that plays into the public perception in a town like Hiroshima when they're watching a match like this? They could, it, it, it could, and they definitely put it in the VTR for a reason. Yeah. So I definitely think they wanted people to get behind Ishii. Yeah. Well, this match, um, you know, going into the finish, basically, uh, 
you know, Omega fought back. He ends up uh, hitting a, a tombstone, gets an incredible near fall. That was one thing they did great at the end of this match was e- the the closing sequence where Omega's just killing Ishii and Ishii's kicking out, out of everything. everything. Yeah, he freaking he kicked out at one. Yep, Oma- Omega ends up dropping his knee pad, hits a jumping V trigger. He he actually went so fast and so hard. He went over the top rope and spilled out to the floor, which I don't think I've ever seen him do that off of V trigger. Yeah. Um, Kids back in, hits him with another V-trigger. Ishii kicks out at one, which was nuts. Um, the J-driller follows for Omega. Ishii kicks out, hits him with the V-trigger, one-winged angel, and that finishes it. And Kenny Omega, still your IWGP heavyweight champion. Yep. 30 minutes and 50 seconds. Great, great, great match. Excellent yeah. match. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, post-match, Ibushi comes back to the ring. He straps on the title on Omega. Uh, Kenny cuts a post-match promo. He says he thinks maybe people think he's a champ. He's the best. He's the strongest. But the truth is he's only here because of Ibushi. He said anytime, any place, and reminds Ibushi that they share a promise. They share a promise, huh? Yeah. (laughs) What promise is that exactly, you think? Uh, Who knows? Speaking of wrestler theme songs, because I'm not a huge fan of the Golden Lovers theme song anyways, I think that these guys should start coming out to The Promise by (laughs) Winning Rome. I promise you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. That would be like, if they start, like, we might as well just, like, close the show with that, because that song is freaking (laughs) awesome. Like, oh, man. Things are going to, we're going to stop using, like, wrestler's themes at the end of the show. We're going to start playing, like, really niche 80s, like, new wave music. (laughs) Shows can get very weird, <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's gonna do it for Destruction Hiroshima, and then three nights later, uh, we're actually recording. And if you're listening to the show, obviously we did not drop it on Tuesday. We want to give ourselves enough time to uh, watch Destruction in Bebu, which was Monday night. Yeah, we're recording on Tuesday, and uh, give us some time to kind of digest it because this was a rough show. Yeah, man, this was not the greatest show. It's definitely not a show of the year contender. You know, and the thing is, in all fairness, the Destruction Tour historically is not, like, known to have blow-away shows. It just isn't. So, I mean, we're kind of in that in-between time, you know, between the G1, King of Pro Wrestling. You hope to get something great. You hope that you get, like, some really good entertaining matches and stuff but you kind of it's destruction you kind of know what you're getting it's it's a b-level you know in between pay-per-view tour that's what it is um one thing i want to mention and we had both uh shared this sentiment as great as that kenny omega and ishii match was i'm still higher on the tag team match from the road to show yes the golden lovers against ishii and will osprey did not see that coming did not see that coming. that match was awesome i know it was but i thought like i i first i mean first off i love tag team wrestling but i mean anytime you get kenny and ishii in a singles match for you know the iwgp title I, i'm of course i'm gonna think that's gonna be better match of the month material you know what i mean match of the year material you know but um man that tag team match that tag team match was really something. Yes, that tag match was fire. Like I need to rewatch it now because I am higher on that match than I was on the main event of, of you know Destruction Hiroshima. Yeah. It's crazy. To me, to me that tag match is like match of the or month of the match of the month contender. It, oh, it definitely is. It yeah. definitely 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 is. So, um and especially after everything we saw on this show, it absolutely is. <laughs> yeah. Um so, yeah, but that- you know, we got Tanahashi and Okada around the corner. I'm sure what those those guys going to kill oh, it. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, with this show kicked off. We have uh, Tenzon, Kojima, and Suji going against Nagata, Nakanishi, and Uomura. Opening six-man tag action here. Oh my God, the New Japan Dads. They're back. <laughs> I got some heat last year. Yeah, week. dude. I got some heat, dude. You did, man. Oh, man. But I'll leave that in the past. But, <laughs> uh, you know, the New Japan Dads were back right where they belong in the opener. Why are you not? Even, <laughs> why are you just smiling and not even saying anything? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm a douche. I'm, I'm letting you get the heat on yeah. that. <laughs> no, you know what? So I, we'll get into it for a second. So, like, Mr. ACP, one of our longtime listeners, and, I mean, I get flack from him all the time. And most of the time it's deservedly so. So, I mean, I'm not even going to, like, sit here and say I'm wrong. Like, I'm, I'm right all the time. I mean, like, he usually has great points. Um, I did get some heat about the fact that I said I didn't want to see these guys main event and he brought a bunch of great points you know he, he was like hey these guys you know they open matches most of the time they help the young lions and you know they do the training and they're legends and all that sort of stuff and I you know what I couldn't agree more but then at the same time I just had to think back like I hated that match <laughs> <laughs> so much yeah and um, you know I'll I do. You know what? He was right. I probably shouldn't have uh, been so harsh on the New Japan dads. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, Nakanishi and Tenzan are shot. Like, I feel bad. Yeah, watching, I feel bad watching them wrestle. Yeah. Not even like I. Oh, I'm like, oh, I hate watching them. I feel bad, dude. They look. Off. They're a shell of their former selves. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nakanishi's the same, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. You know, with that being said, though, like, I do want to say in my defense, on last week's episode, I did say that I was delirious with exhaustion, and if I had any bad takes, to disregard them. And Mr. ACP felt the Mr. need. Mr. ACP was like, nah, bump that. Get the, get the smoke, boy. He said, like, get these hands. I'm not finished with you, young boy. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought we were done, and he was like, I ain't done with you, young boy, not by a long shot. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. But yeah, this was a, you know, solid opening matchup. The continued rivalry between Umura and Suji in this matchup. This is some Dave Finley and uh, Jay White level stuff right here, man. Yeah. And uh return of Kojima to a big show. Um, and the team, the goddess team ended up getting the win here with uh, Nagata hitting an exploder and a Nagata lock. Onto um, Gotta go onto Suji. Yeah, I think you were a little surprised by that. You were you were thinking Umora was gonna take the loss, huh? Yeah, because I mean, you know, Kojima's back. I figured they're gonna keep the momentum going, give Kojima another win here, have nah. him hit, have him hit the uh, Western lariat. Nah, on dude, he Emil. had his moment. Bread Club's done, dude. Nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know the the funny thing is like, it seems like. You're higher on Suji than I am, and I'm higher on you more than you are. But you're the amateur wrestler, dude. I was I was higher on you more. If you listen back to the previous episode in the archives, I me and you are on the same page of you more, and we thought Suji was you know all right. But dude, Suji has come a long way. You're right. You're right. He's you know bigger. He's in better shape. 
he's 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 a, bigger. He's huge. He's a mask. Yeah. Just look at him. Look at him. <laughs> and dude, his wrestling has gotten so much better. He actually looks like he knows what he's doing in there. I think that's part of the thing is that like he's putting the pieces together, and you can see his development. Whereas like Umar is about. He, he's definitely better, but he's it's not like he's made these marked strives to be better than he was when he first started. With that being said, though, I am a mark for you more as wrestling. He's yeah, so he's very, smooth, man. Yeah. He's so smooth. But yeah, i just been really impressed with uh, Suji's charisma. His, his, his improvement. You like his charisma, bro. <laughs> you like his ring presence. Yeah. You like. And, uh, but yeah, kind of like. And this, this was a point that was actually made in the next match, which was uh, David Finley and Ren Narita against Toa Hanare and Shota Umino. During that match, Kevin Kelly was talking about he was actually more impressed with Narita at this point than Umino because Umino has, Umino has always been good, and it's been like kind of like the standout of this class of young lions, but Narita has gotten so much better and shown so much improvement. Dude... I've been on the Narita train since I saw him in the freaking... Fucking, uh, the Young, the young the Lions, Lions yeah. I was like, how's this guy got no points? He's the best one out there. I know. I, I liked him better than Kawato. I liked him... Though, I liked him... When when we first started, I was all about Oka and Narita. Like, those are my dogs. Like, yes. I love those two dudes. Narita's awesome, man. Yeah. He... I mean, he's got that, like, punchable face. Like, he kind of reminds me of his face, like, Taichi's face. Like, you just hate him. Yeah. But he's so good, man. Narita has gotten really, really, really good. And I would probably agree with that. I think Umino... I think Umino... I'll, I'll, okay, I'll disagree a little bit with Kevin Kelly. I don't think Umino's always been good. Personally. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I wasn't that impressed with him until they started showcasing him after Kawato left. Yeah. Prior to Kawato, I was never really that impressed with Umino. Right. He's, he's actually, to me, uh, improved more right. than Narita. I've always thought Narita was... Now, Narita's definitely got better, but I've always thought he was great. And I've always thought he was better than Umino, and I still think he is. Well, I think... Umino, he gets more talk though. Even though, yes, we we if you watch the matches, you can see that Narita has always been the better wrestler. Narita's better than him. But Umino has they also he's gotten more of a push. Yeah, he's been more of the talk of you know he's been featured in these matches with you know the New Japan dads more. Or he's gotten the spotlight one on one matches on like the Young Lions show. Do, do you think uh, Kevin Kelly talking up Narita is like him kind of like trying to like give him the rub a little bit, you know? Give him I, some shine. I think so, yeah. Narita's yeah. great. I think he's better than Umino, personally. I mean, not, taking nothing away from Umino, Umino's really good, too. But I just, I think, in right now, out of the current crop of young lines that are still here, to me, Narita's the best. Yeah. He just, that's my opinion. Um, and I'm, I, man, when do you think uh, Yagi's coming back? I kind of miss Yagi. What happened? He got injured. Yeah, right. Yeah, he had yeah. A concussion, didn't he? Or did he? Or, or was it he like broke his? Uh, was it orbital? For some, no, no, I think it was his arm. Like his. <laughs> one of those two things. It, either he got. Uh, I can't remember. I think he might have broke his. Uh, his forearm. His forearm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, man. I have. I haven't heard any updates on Yagi since he got injured. Yagi alert. <laughs> we need a, We 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 have a Yagi alert. Kanemitsu alert. Kitamura. Kitamura. Like, where are they? these young boys are dying out here? Like, crazy. <laughs> these streets are rough, man. But yeah, I mean, this match was short, solid. Um, you know, 
it just it seemed like a, it seemed kind of like I don't know a little bit of comedy a little bit with Finley with the whole C block trophy stuff. Um, yeah. So what was the deal? The C block trophy broke and now it's fixed. Like, what's the deal with that? Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, it's it was broken. He fixed it, and he's apparently this was supposed to be a C block defense, and he's gonna defend. How does that work? Well, I mean, he won it in a tag match, so, you know, whoever got the pinfall, you know, wins the trophy, and he said he's willing to defend this in any any type of match, who anywhere. Would, who would, you know what that's like? That's like the uh, the lineal championship. Yeah. You know? Like, guys talk about, like, well, the lineal WWE champion. It's like, well, it is not real. It's like the C-Block trophy is like a gag gift. It's like, <laughs> that's kind of sad that, like... Uh, freaking, you know, we're always talking about Dave Finley getting a push, and, and like he's trying to get himself over by like he he has no ideas. He's like, well, I'll just carry the C block trophy around and like like get that going. It's like, no, nah, it's a joke, dude. Like you don't want to. I would not want to be associated with it or like be trying to get it over. I'm not sure that anyone in like New Japan is like, hey, you really need to get this C block trophy over. Like, yeah. I don't even know if they even know that they, that they were doing that. It's all like an English like yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like. Harold, I might find out about this crap and be like, hey, you need to... <laughs> like, I don't know. You cut I, that out, pal. Yeah. But, uh... But, yeah, but, um... But Finley does get the win here. He, he gets the stunner on, um... Umino and Finley and Narita pick up the win here. And this was the match where Umino's nose was busted open. Yeah, what happened there? It looked like his nose broke. Yeah. Strong I style, dude. Yeah. Well, anyways, that takes us to the next match of the night, one that everyone was looking forward to. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe they did this to us in the Iska one-on-one match. I think it's literally <sighs> been, like, years since we've seen Iska in a one-on-one match. Dude, this was horrible. Iska versus Yoshida one-on-one. Bro, one of, okay, one of these days, Jeremy, I'm going to show you uh, the Tri-State Wrestling Show with, uh, with I think it's Joel Ger- uh, Gerhardt. I forget his name. Um, I'm gonna show you the Iska versus Owen Hart match from that show. Yeah, and you're gonna be like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're literally gonna be blown away." Yeah, I haven't seen any of the, the the old Iska stuff. Apparently, when he was good. Well, yeah, I mean, they got a match on the network. Oh, him, him and Tatsumi Fujinami taking on the Steiner brothers yeah. in WCW, but he just literally gets murdered the whole time. But yeah, this this match was trash. I mean, Iska comes out here doing the wild man gimmick. Um, during the match, he runs over to Kevin Kelly. He makes Kevin Kelly remove his mask. He tries to bite Kevin Kelly. Yeah, well, Kevin Kelly, like, fell over. Like, yeah. what the heck? <laughs> um, gets in the ring. You know, the same Iska Wild Man stuff, the biting. He pulls the rope out to choke Yoshida. Gets the Iron Claw. Attacks Yoshida with the Iron Claw. Ref calls for the DQ. So I think this is a, one of those things where, like, how we were talking about that they're testing out Yoshida. I mean, what bigger test than to, like, put him out there with, like, Iska? Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know if I would have done it on this show. Maybe you save that for a house show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't a, know. a non-televised yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but, so Yoshida wins by DQ, picks up his first uh, singles victory here in New Japan. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So that, yeah, that happened, and I'm going to forget that that ever occurred and move on with my life. Yeah, so move right on. Next we had Will Ospreay. We're going to in a little box, and I'm going to just never talk about that. We're just going to put that behind (laughs) us, you know? Um, So Will Ospreay, Rocky Romero, Show and Yo, you got the Rapungi 3K featuring Will Ospreay. 
taking on the team of Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask 4, Kushida, and Ryusuke Taguchi. Yeah, all four of these guys were in the uh, British J Cup recently in Rev Pro. Uh, or all eight of them. Uh, Everybody except for Will Ospreay was, and um, I don't think was, yeah, Tiger Mask wasn't it. All of them were except for Will Ospreay. Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, once again, this was another, you know, good six man tag match. Eight man. Or, so, wow, yeah, eight man tag match. Um, for some reason, I thought Rocky was a manager, but yeah, it was eight man tag. Um, I mean, nothing special about it. You know, Osprey was great. Sho and Yo were great. Kushida was great. A lot of comedy from Taguchi. You know, Liger had his moments. Dude, uh, he had a big show Tay on Osprey. Osprey sold the crap out of it. Did like a shooting star. He's pretty much shooting star himself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Which is interesting considering Liger invented that move, so. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, came down to the finish here. Uh, with uh, Tiger Mask, uh, once again on Rocky Romero, he hit a Tiger Driver, Rocky kicked out, and then he hit a Tombstone and got the win over Rocky. This is the match where it shows eye was busted open. Yeah, its eye was swung up after the match here. Yeah. So that happened. Uh, that Then that brings us to um, a match that actually has some... Now, before we move on, why isn't Kushida getting the wins in these matches? Yeah, that's what I was confused about in the previous... Uh, match in Hiroshima and also this match. Like, Why are they heating up Tiger Mask for a run? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, That's so weird. Yeah, Tiger Mask is not in this tournament. Like, he has no big matches coming up. Like, Kushida should be, you know, tapped. S- speaking of which, there was one thing I thought was interesting. Uh, we were kind of wondering, like, what Bushi was doing being involved in this junior tag tournament. Uh, I guess the retraction that we have to place because we were kind of wondering like what were what was yeah the they, they did a great job explaining why why these four were picked they were the four previous IWGP junior heavyweight champions yes. before uh, Hiromu so that's why they picked those four which makes sense now that they said that, I'm like oh, okay I get it I yeah. get it now yeah okay so that that now we don't look like idiots wondering about this crap <laughs> yeah um so yeah so this match actually had some real world implications we got the uh, tag team of the best friends. Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T taking on the Killer Elite Squad, Smith and Archer, which uh, we've actually seen the the last time that these two teams wrestled was in the uh, World Tag World League. Tag League, yeah. Which I think Beretta and Chucky e. T got the win in, uh, during the Tag League, if I remember correctly. I believe they did as well. Um, yeah, I'll take that, a look. That that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was like during our first couple episodes when we were covering that. My uh, my mind's a steely trap though. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I thought KES looked good here again. I thought Best Friends looked good here. You know, this was actually, once again, one of the better matches on this card. I thought it was match of the night, honestly. Yeah. And clearly, uh, once again, they are heating up Killer Elite Squad. Um, KES got the win here with the Killer Bomb on Beretta. Yeah, so I mean, um, you know... The, the best friends had a really good tag league, and then it did seem like they were getting ready to prepare them for maybe a title challenge in the future or kind of have them in the mix. And then, obviously, with Trent getting injured, that kind of never happened. 
But, you know, with the notoriety of them being an established tag team, they've they've got a good track record, good history. Um, this wasn't just some random thrown together team for Killer Elite Squad to just kind of go through. This is a, a real tag team. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what KES did. They they went right through these guys. Yeah. So I guess they're, they're, they are facing each other again on Sunday. So I guess we'll see if are they going 50-50 or are they going full go with this KES push. I'm if if I'm a betting man, I'm gonna say KES wins again. Yeah. That just seems to be what they do a lot of times. If there's not a title involved that they're gonna hot potato, a lot of times when they just do these matches on these tours, even on televised tours, for whatever reason, it's not gonna be a 50-50 thing in most cases. I mean, yeah. I could be wrong, but um Maybe maybe they do do 50-50, and then maybe they have to have a you know, a rubber match down yeah. the road. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, I'm, if, if I'm guessing, I'm guessing that KES is going to pick up the win there and move on. Yeah. So, next we had six-man tag action with Suzuki Goon, represented by Zack Sabre Jr., Kanemaru, and El Desperado, taking on the LIJ team of Evil, Sonata, and Bushi. And I was wrong. Uh, KES actually beat them during the tag league, so okay. take that back. <laughs> so KES has been running through these guys. Uh, I do remember that match being good, and I thought it was better than this match, by the way. The the World Tag League match? The, the World Tag League match, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, Beretta and Chucky e. T are really good foils for Killer Elite Squad just because they're, they're great, like, you know, babyface and peril tag teams when they need to be, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this six-man tag here with uh, Suzuki Goon and LIJ. Um, this was a good match. I mean, LIJ, we always talk about how well LIJ works together. I thought they had some great tandem moves throughout this match. I found it interesting with two juniors on the Suzuki Goon side. I was thinking LIJ had this in the books. But it was the Suzuki Goon team that got the win here. Yeah, but they had the pro wrestling master. Yes, they had. <laughs> yeah, they had the pro wrestling master, the submission master, the master of the Zack Driver, ZSJ. It was Zack Saber time, and Zack Saber countered everything as evil into a jackknife cradle. Got the win. Evil was shook after this match. Yeah, they did a really good job having uh, Evil just like play up how how upset he was and how shook he was. Zach and uh, Taka are just having a great time on the outside, you know, just being like heels that are just like you know making fun of him and you know jaw jacking and doing what they do. And Evil's just super upset. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing was like Evil was so confident towards the end of the match. He's like, Yeah, I got him. I'm gonna hit this. Everything is evil. Yeah. I'm gonna celebrate. Do my rock style promos in the back. But nah, Saber reversed him. He got caught. Sonata and Bushi just left him alone. They could tell he was, like, really pissed. They didn't even, like, bother. Uh, I won't be surprised if we hear more about this, like, from Chris Charlton's, like, uh, translation. Yeah. You know, with and, Tokyo uh, Sport, that you sort know, of thing. You uh, know, Saber, with his promos, um, hating on Halloween, he's like, he's just like his Halloween. Halloween's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, Saber hates Halloween. And uh, Saber hates everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because everything is evil. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think Taka in the promo was like everything is not evil. <laughs> well, you know what though? Here's the thing about that: the best heels are heels that mix in truth, and that is true. Everything is not actually evil. Like, <laughs> like there, there are some good stuff in this world. That's a true statement. Not everything is evil. <laughs> 
Oh man. So yeah, once again, they're they're doing something here with Evil and Zack Saber Jr. Um, Where are they paying it off? King of Pro Wrestling, Power Struggle. Are they, are they having a singles match next card? At uh, Destruction. At Destruction? In Co- this is Kobe, right? The next we one? would look stupid if they're having a match at, at Destruction Kobe, but I don't remember them mentioning that. I'll look up the card. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't remember that being an advertised match, but it's been a while since we looked over the whole card. So if if they are having a match, yeah, yeah then I do feel dumb. Yeah, but, like, we're sitting here, like, speculating. Like, I've listened to other podcasts that have done that sort of thing, and you're, like, just listening the whole time. You're like, you stupid idiots. Like, yeah. they're about to... Well, when do you think they're going to pay this off? Uh, the next show, you idiots. <laughs> you you freaking marks. No, but, um, yeah, I'm pulling it up. Just our internet sucking tonight. Yeah, it's been real, real weird tonight. Something's something something's not right in the force here in the Strong Style Studios. <laughs> But anyways, let's move on to okay. the next match. So we had the Chaos team of Okada, Toriyano, and Yoshihashi, and Jay White, eight-man tag here, taking on the team of Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, the Great Bash heel of Togi Makabe and Hunma, and the U.S. champ Juice Robinson. So once again, we still have, um, you know, Chaos is uh, falling in shambles from the previous uh, Destruction Night in Hiroshima. Uh, you know, Jay White still stirring the, stirring the pot. Yoshihashi still caught in the middle between Okada, Jay White, and Tanahashi. Um, Yoshihashi's just like the prettiest girl at the ball. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> um, you know, it was funny. Kevin Kelly actually, I wanted to point this out. He had mentioned uh, on the previous night, he was saying that, you know, basically Okada needs to focus on the IWGP title. And stop focusing on Yoshihashi. And yeah, he was he, like he was like the the briefcase is worth a hundred Yoshihashis. And I was like, not a truer statement has ever come out of <laughs> Kevin Kelly's mouth. Because <laughs> uh, what you're basically telling me is that like a hundred Yoshihashis are not of the same value or capable of winning the IWGP title. I was like, yeah. that's true. That's absolutely true, Kevin Kelly. You're you're dead on with that. That's why he's going to be named the best, you know, wrestling commentator for the year for me, <laughs> just with that one statement. And when we announce him, I'm going to play that clip of him saying that. And I'm like, there, that's all I need to show you, folks. We don't even have to put anyone else in the categories. Yeah. It's all Kevin. But, um, yeah, what did you think about this match? You know, it was a good match. Uh, once again, some good storytelling with the miscommunications with Chaos. Um, they had to call back to the spot with... Yoshihashi hold I forgot who he was holding but uh, he was holding somebody maybe it was Tanahashi again and Okada went for the boot but this time it connected Uh, and actually it ended up where at the end Jay White accidentally hits Yoshihashi which allowed Juice to hit the fist and the pulp friction and get the pin so this time it was Jay White that cost the win on Yoshihashi and um, Okada blames Jay White for the loss. This is good booking. This is great booking. And not because of the stories, because of the outcomes. Yeah. And so. Yoshihashi taking the pinfalls. One, two, three. <laughs> All day. No, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually. I'm, I am wondering, where do you. So, I mean, what do you see with Chaos? Where, where do you think this is going? Uh, I think eventually it's going to lead. You think they're to- breaking up? Um, well, I think it's going to lead to an Okada, another Okada J White match. For me, I think I think Chaos needs to change. 
It, yeah. it needs to change in some manner. I don't think necessarily Okada needs them anymore, but Chaos needs something because they're a mess. They've been a mess for a while. Yeah. We've been talking about this for years now. Um, you know, there was a time where it seemed like they were starting to get on the same page and kind of like recollecting and becoming, you know, a, a more, you know, close unit but it not that's long gone this year is not yeah. that year yeah I think there, there needs to be some kind of split in the reformation with, with chaos maybe not even maybe yeah. maybe or it could just be something else I don't yeah, know we'll like they, they've been around for years man like year I mean for a long long time yeah and I mean, it's not like they're. I mean, I don't know. The chaos like merch isn't like flying off the shelves or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not like it, it's been a great vehicle for guys like Okada and Nakamura. But at this point, I mean, do we still need do, what? What? What good is chaos really doing? Right. You know what I mean? Do, does New Japan need chaos at this point? Um, I'm I'm all in favor for like a more progressive move where maybe they do split up and maybe Jay does do something different and has a new group. I mean, historically speaking, that's what happens in New Japan. You know, factions yeah. break up and they become something else. Right, and some or somebody else takes over the faction. Yeah, so I'm ready uh, for that. Yeah. And I, but I'm very I, I am invested in this story. I'm invested with the, what's happening between Okada and Jay White, and yeah. I'm looking forward to that when that when the time comes. Right. In the post match, Tanahashi checks on Yoshihashi. Yoshihashi blows him off. Okada blames Jay White for the loss, and you know the drama continues with those guys. And real quick, Destruction and Kobe, there is not a one-on-one -on -one match with Saber and Evil. I actually have the whole card, and I think we should just go over it real quick after this is over. We'll yeah. just go over you know, what we're looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, so next up on this card, we have a the, the Never Openweight title match with the champion Hiroki Goto defending against Taichi. And uh, what do you think about this match, young boy? Dumpster fire. Uh, no, I, I don't want to say that. It was 21 minutes. It felt like it was like 35 minutes for yeah. some reason. Um, there, it did get going in certain parts, but once it started get once it started to get going with all the Lij crap that they were pulling out, uh, this just wasn't my cup of tea, man. This it did. Yeah, man. I was I was not a fan of this match. I I was really trying to get into it, and you know. Taichi's a new guy that I've been pushing. I was like trying to get behind it, trying to get into it. You know, I, I didn't like the bill, but I'm like, you know what? Maybe they'll have a decent match. But, you know, I was not a fan of the match. You could tell they could have had one. Yeah. They could have had a decent match, but they didn't. But they decided to go with, you know, all the interference. You know, Kanamaru was out there. Uh, Pongi 3K. Yeah, Desperado, uh, Iska. I mean, all the interference, you yeah. know, all the smoke and mirrors, all the shenanigans. It was like, and it was like 21 minutes of this. Yeah. It's not like this was a short match with shenanigans. It was a long match. With there was like a lot of nothing going on in this match. I mean, the ending was exciting, but you were so over it by the time it came, and it was just whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Ba you know, basically, Red Shoes ends up getting ref bumped. Um, you know, Goto had a visual pin over uh, Taichi at one point. He thought he had the win, which I'm not a big fan of when guys get visual pins off of moves that they would never win the match with. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're going to get the visual pin, do it off your, your finisher. finisher. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, Iska showed up, distracted uh, Red Shoes once he was recovered. 
Goto t- took out Iska. Taichi low blowed Goto, hits the Gato Clutch for two. Super kicks, uh, you know, Goto right after that. Last ride gets two. And then he hit him with the air raid crash and won the title. Yeah. So. There was literally 10 minutes of this match where they didn't do anything, by the way. Yeah. Like, I just want to point that out. There was literally... I was actually talking to a friend of mine, a lady friend, and she was like, I want to see what you're watching. And I... <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I, I was, like, showing her, and she was like, this is... she, You know, she's actually seen other wrestling that I've showed her in the past, and she was like, this is nothing like what you've watched before. Like, this is so weird. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. And then um, she was like, I want to see that dude... T- I told her, I was like, yeah, this guy rips his pants off. She's like, I want to see that. <laughs> but, like, when the match started, she, like, wanted to keep watching it. She's like, they're not doing anything. And I was like, I know. And she's like, she's like, I want to keep watching. I'm like, why? They're not, like, I'm like, this is not going to be the first New Japan match that I show you is Taichi and Goto. Like, no. Oh, my god. She's like, why does this guy literally keep getting out of the ring? Why is he so scared? And I was like, I don't know. That's his character. He sucks. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I the, mean, yeah, they, all, did, all they it, didn't do anything for ten minutes. Yeah, all the Tai Chi fans rejoice; they're happy that Tai Chi is the never champ. They really did, bro. Like people are online, Lord Tai Chi, and all this yeah. stuff. But uh, but even the crowd, we mentioned like they, you know, for the, they want to see the underdog, the new champ, a new champ, and you know the fans used to chant "Go home, Tai Chi." But now half the crowd's actually chanting for Tai Chi, and it seems like there was some kind of a pop after he won because people. I guess you know I, I was honestly expecting Goto to win this match, and they did they did what they needed to do, I guess. Like yeah. you know we talked about how we thought they had a good match in them, but we weren't gonna be surprised if they had a bad match. And this is pretty bad, man. Yeah, pretty bad. Now, um, I don't know. Like, why didn't they just do that? Like. They did the whole thing where Goto dropped the belt to Elgin and then won it right back, and then now he's dropped it to Taichi. And I'm like, why didn't they just... I, I wanted them to just go with Taichi back then. Yeah. And now it seems like that whole thing was just a waste of our time and everyone's time. Yeah. And, and knowing how the way they booked the Never Openweight title, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a title match at, you know, Power Struggle, King of Pro Wrestling, and, and Goto gets it right back. I wouldn't either. I would not be surprised by that at all. So, this is... Is this uh, Taichi's, like, first title win in New Japan? Yep. His first yep. singles? Yeah, first singles title I believe, yeah. Huh. So uh, yeah, I mean, where they go from here, I don't know. I mean they could ease it, I don't know really, like, there haven't been any inklings yet with the backstage promos or anything like that, but uh, I'm sure on the next tour you know, we'll probably get some sort of, like, build to something. Yeah. Something. Whatever that may be. Who would you like to see challenge Taichi? Uh, I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, baby faces that are in the mid-card right now. Trent? Uh, yeah, Beretta could get a shot. I mean, Ishii could go back down to the Never Openweight title. Uh, oh, you know what? Maybe. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Maybe we get this storyline where he just defends against juniors. The juniors, yes. Yes, that's the one yes. Thing, that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, that might be good. Yes. That would be cool. Dude, do uh, him and Kushida. Uh, yo. Yeah, him against Yo. Dragon Lee. I mean, there's a lot of things they could do with this. Yeah. If they decide to do that. I don't know if they will, but... Yeah, well, that's what he said in his promos. And we know we talked about what happens sometimes with their backstage promos. But I, I hope they do do that. Yeah. And that's the gateway for more junior versus heavy matches. 
So anyways, that brings us to the main event of the night. Uh, Tetsuya Naito taking on Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Suzuki-Goon running on a high here because, you know, they just picked up a single title with uh, Taichi and Suzuki, you know, here in the, fi- you know, they, they got that that big win uh, with Zack Sabre over Evil. So, I mean, they're they're riding high, and then you get Naito and Suzuki. You know, we've been building to this for a while, and, and now it's here. Rematch from their match earlier in the year. And, uh, you know, man, um, I, I... What was that noise? I'm sorry. There's, like, crazy noises going on. There's some crazy... Once for, it's not my dog. There's some crazy dogs outside. Is that a dog? Yeah. I thought it was a gunshot. Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry. I don't usually I don't break out in the middle of the podcast like this, but I was like, what is that? Like, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyways, this um I, I don't know, man. I didn't love this match. Yeah, dude. This match, it, it was rough, man. This match dragged. Like it was 32 minutes. It felt like it was an hour, dude. Like this is this is very similar to the match that they had earlier in the year. Uh, that was at Wrestling Hinakuni. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I said it at that time where I was like, they had a great build, a lot of anticipation, a lot of potential, but it was a match that was not very good with a lot of great moments. Yeah. Like a lot of great moments that in a vacuum, like you could put together, you could probably put together a really good comp video and make this look legendary. Yeah. Because they had some awesome strike exchanges. They had some awesome like uh, moments where like there was a ton of um, desperation and anticipation and all that, you know, just the drama of the match. But man, it was really drawn out. The freaking spots where, you know, Naito was in these really, really long, prolonged submission holds that didn't lead anywhere. Right. It's not like he, like, worked the, like, he, like, sold a leg throughout the rest of the match or Suzuki got the win off of it or anything. So, yeah, all that, all those holds, and it led to nothing. Um, I thought that the finish was really sloppy. Yes. I thought, like, it came out of nowhere. It was sloppy. I thought... There was a couple... I think there was, like, what, two Destinos in this match? I thought both of them looked really bad and were just sloppy. Um, yeah, man. It didn't seem like the crowd was into this match either. Did you, you notice that? Yeah, they... I mean, I don't think Beppu was the greatest wrestling crowd in the world. Uh, was this the... I mean, how often do they go there? I don't think they go there that often anyways. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is the match... Maybe this... I mean, it seemed like they drew, so who knows? But yeah, man, there was a lot to criticize. I did not, I didn't like this as much as their Hinokuni match, which I was already critical of to begin with. Yeah. So I'm, I'm disappointed. To yeah. Be and I, a lot of times, like you know, if a match is bad, I'm like, it is what it, it is what it was. But with these two guys, level workers that they are, the potential that they have, the the kind of matches they've had in the past. I just really expected more, and yeah, when it ended, I was glad it was over. Yeah, and I just yeah, I'd rather watch the Hino Kuni match. Like I didn't think, and I didn't like that match either. But that match was at least like you know watchable yeah. to a degree. Yeah, I a lot of the people who were in favor of that match at the time, where I was like, no, that sucked, and people were like, I love it. I don't. I'd be surprised if there's people out here like defending this match. Yeah, I thought it was way worse. Yeah, way worse. Yeah, man, it was rough, and you know, I, I and it's not—it's not even like the length, like because obviously New Japan always has like thirty-minute main events, but when you have a thirty-minute match like this, man, it's—it's hard. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like you said, a lot of the 
a lot of the large portions of the match didn't mean anything. They didn't lead to anything. The finish was very sloppy. Uh, I thought it was weird when Naito started to do the gotch pal driver and it like he, turned into a power bomb. I, th- I think he fell over. I don't yeah. know what happened there. Um, I just didn't ever care. Like everything was very lackadaisical. Yeah, I mean there was nothing really on the line either. It's like what are they fighting for? Like at least last time they had the IC title. Like yeah, I I didn't like their previous match and this one's way worse to me. So um, Destruction has a very like I said they've got a uh, reputation for putting on bad shows and I think I think Destruction Beppu is one of the worst shows of the year for New Japan. Yeah. As far as major shows go. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, this would be, like... I, there's not anything on this card that I would recommend. Yeah. You, you, you could totally skip this card. It's not like it was totally unenjoyable, but, I mean, there's better row two shows. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's my... That's my that's our review. I feel bad, dude. I feel bad. I don't think we do very many bad reviews like I know. this. Well, here's the thing, man. And we've been saying this from day one. We're out. We're gonna tell the truth. We're we're not. You know, people like to claim. You know, non WWE fans or New Japan fans will say New Japan's everything is good about New Japan. They they do nothing wrong. But when we come on this podcast, we tell you everything they do right, and we point out the flaws. And you know, we're not gonna come out here and tell you a show is good if it's not good. If the show is not good, we're gonna tell you it's not good. If a match is not good, we're gonna tell you the match is and not here's good. The thing. I don't know where Suzuki goes from here. I don't know where Naito goes from here. And I care less. Not that I'm done with them. These are two of my favorite wrestlers. But, like, I have no anticipation about what the the next step for them is. Because the next thing I I think is, like, oh, they're probably going to be in multi-man matches. And, like, who knows what after that. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. I was going to say I want to see no more Suzuki going LIJ. But the whole Saber Evil thing going... This is probably well, we're getting another match between them on this next. Yeah, show. I know on Kobe. Yeah, so let's let's go over that destruction in Kobe card. So the the show's going to open up with a singles match between Suji and Yumura. I have a rivalry of the year. I have a feeling that we're going to get a finish on that night. You think so? That's my that's my gut feeling is that they've been building to it, building to it. They I think that we're getting a finish. Uh, the next match will be Shota Umino and Ren Narita taking on Rapongi 3K. That should be pretty good. Yeah. Um, look, you know, look for Rapongi 3K to pick up the easy win there. Uh, light, but you know, Umino and Narita putting in a good showing. Next, you've got Liger and Tiger Mask taking on Kanemaru and El Desperado. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if Liger and Tiger Mask actually pick up a win there. And so give them a title shot. Yeah, because we don't have any title challenge. Maybe that's why they're heating up Tiger Mask. That would make sense. You think yeah. that makes sense? Yeah. So maybe that's what they're doing there. I don't yeah. know. Uh, the fourth match of the night to Gucci Japan, Togi Makabe, uh, Tome, Tomoki Hanma, Ryazuki, Toguchi, and Ayato Yoshida. I don't even know if you can call this Toguchi Japan. It's right. It's like Great Bash heel with Toguchi and Yoshida. Yeah, taking on Tenkozi, Yuji Nagata, and uh, Manabu Nakanishi. So you got the uh, New Japan Dads. That's a match I'm not really looking forward to. <laughs> uh, but it should be fine. Um, the fifth match of the night, Best Friends taking on Killer Elite Squad in a rematch from the past tag team match they just had. 
the sixth match of the night, Juice Robinson, Dave Finley, and Toa Hanare taking on Jay White, Yoshihashi, and Will Ospreay. Uh, look for more uh, furthering of the storyline of the dissension within chaos. Yep. The seventh match of the night, we've got uh, six-man tag action as LIJ, Naito, Sonata, and Evil taking on Suzuki-Goon, Minoru Suzuki, ZSJ, and Taka Michinoku. Um, the eighth match of the night, we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship Tournament semifinal match, Kushida and Bushi, taking on the team of uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and... I'm sorry, what, what am I saying? I was like, what? <laughs> it's getting late in the night. I'm like, yeah, so Kushida and Bushi uh, will be wrestling in the first uh, semifinal match of the Junior Heavyweight Tag or uh, Championship Tournament. And then in the main event, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi defending his uh, Tokyo Dome briefcase against Kazushika Okada, which should be fantastic. Yeah, it should be an amazing matchup. So this is... Uh, this is the best looking card of the tour. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. It should I'm be very, it should be excited. it should be great. I think Kushida Bushi will be good. I think Tanahashi and Okada will be good. I'm I'm very much so looking forward to this. Yeah. So yeah, and this is this is Sunday, guys. Destruction in Kobe on New Japan World. And uh, now we're gonna jump into the news. Yeah, so we'll go through it very quickly here. So um, we talked a little bit about Toa Hanare. He's actually going to be re- returning to a wrestling promotion from New Zealand called SPW. Uh, he's going to be competing on one of their shows called Fight Nights. Um, he'll be wrestling a wrestler called Will Powers, and they'll be uh, showing this on Pivot Share. So if you get a chance, you may want to check out Toa Hanare on an excursion match. Um, speaking of foreign excursions, um, Harai Kawato, Kawato son, has defeated Drone, who you may have seen during the uh, Fantastic Mania uh, tour this past year. Uh, they they wrestled in what's called a lightning match. If you're not familiar with that in CMLL, it's a 10-minute match, single fall, which they don't do very many of those. And um, Kawato picked up his very first uh, win, singles win in CMLL, which is pretty cool. He has this new finisher. It's awesome. I don't know if you... No, I haven't seen it. Well... Yeah. Um, it's kind of it's kind of hard to describe, but it, it, you can actually watch it. It's right on YouTube. So right, if, you look, get a, right. if you get a chance, definitely, definitely want to check that out. Other New Japan news. So um, Brian Pillman Jr., who just uh, signed a multi-year deal with MLW, which I know you're, you're kind of following that promotion yeah. a little bit more. But speaking of which, how was the, uh, the War Games show? You know, honestly, it was, it was kind of underwhelming. Um, I, I think part of it, is, is the production. Like, I mean, MLW has good production for indie, but when you're trying to film like a War Games match, I really feel like you need like the WWE quality production, and that wasn't there. And I don't know. There was something about it just didn't click all the way for me. Like, it was fine. I, I, I was expecting it to be better. Like, I thought they did a good job building both the teams and going in there. I mean, you had, you had the babyface team with the coin flip advantage at first. I mean, they, they eventually worked it out where the heels got the advantage. But I don't know. It was, I, it was just okay for me. What about the match with uh, Pentagon and Phoenix? I heard, or I'm sorry, Pentagon and uh, L.A. Park. That hasn't aired yet. Oh, that, it hasn't. Right. This this past week, they only aired, the War Games match took up the whole hour. Okay. Yeah, I heard that that, that match is supposed to be, like, killer. So right. we still have that to look forward to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so um, Brian Pillman Jr., I guess they're trying to broker a deal where he will be trained in the New Japan Dojo. 
So I don't know. Did you? Is it the LA dojo they're trying to get him into, or what? I what I've been hearing is the actual New Japan dojo in Japan because they want him to have the same experience that his dad had. Um, and plus, oh, I, that would make sense. Plus, I think you know, training there would make him a better worker, and it would help him become a bigger star in the United States. Huh. Okay, so that would be really, really cool to see him. Yeah, man, seeing him in New Japan at some point—that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, speaking of Pentagon, so we've had some—we've been covering this story for a while. Pentagon and Phoenix, whether or not they'll be WWE NXT bound. Um, the newest news is that they are currently taking bookings well into 2019, and that they have dates with major companies in 2019. So. Uh, for the time being, it looks like they're not headed to WWE anytime soon. Yeah, Court Bauer, who runs MLW, he tweeted out and said that Pentagon and Phoenix have several uh, 2019 dates for MLW already booked. So huh. they'll definitely be there. Hopefully that all-in match inspired somebody to maybe bring Pentagon in New Japan for 2019. That would be awesome. Um in other news, so um, Takeshi Morishima, we talked about his return to the wrestling ring. It looks like his uh, return event has been canceled. Uh, he put out, you know, in Tokyo Sports, he basically said, I'm sorry for being weak. Uh, the, his match was uh, canceled due to septic arthritis surgery. So uh, no word on whether or not he'll be making a return to the ring at all after this. But, uh, you know, we wish him that, you know, that he gets well. And uh, we hope to see him back if he is able to in the future. Um, also, Kojima just had his 48th birthday this past week. Uh, Jeremy, you got any thoughts about that? Happy birthday, Kojima. Glad you're back. Can't wait to see some you know, more great matches. <laughs> Um, this uh, also De- the Defiant Wrestling Company, formerly known as What Culture Pro Wrestling, they released uh, the match that we talked about a few weeks ago between Walter and Will Ospreay, which was the first meeting of those two guys. Got lots of really great reviews. Uh, they've released it for free online, so you can watch that match. It's from their Stacked event. Yes, it's called Stacked. I actually watched it this past weekend, and I thought it was a great match. I loved it. Which uh, brings us into our next topic. So uh, OTT is having their fourth anniversary show, and one of the matches, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the main event, is actually going to be a return match between Will Ospreay and Walter. Yes, so the they have uh, four big matches announced. So yes, the main event of Will Ospreay um, versus Walter. They have Suzuki against Thatcher. They have the LIJ team of Sonata, Evil, and Naito taking on Bandito, Flamita, and Shane Swerve Strickland. Wow. And also Kushida versus Ishii. Really? Yes. Bro, I'm still on this Ishii as a junior kick. I'm telling you. <laughs> After that, uh, the Frankensteiner. Yeah, bro. That, that, that dude can fly, bro. Like, I, dude. Ishii, best of the Super Juniors next year. Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah, no, that's never going to happen. But, yeah, I'm all about this Ishii junior run. He's going to be the greatest junior champion of all time. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of Walter. So the, oh, by the way, before we move on. What's up with OTT having banger after banger, like, event? Like, it seems like every month now we're getting, like, Global Wars and War of the Worlds, like, level, like, shows out of these guys. Yeah. 
Well, uh, part of it, which I mentioned to you, I think a lot of it is like they can't use all of the UK guys that they're normally used to using. Also, they still have like Osprey and Walter, and there are some UK guys they can use. But you know, with NXT UK, a lot of the WWE, like WWE, signed up some of those guys and they can't use. So like, you know what? We're just gonna bring in New Japan guys. We're gonna bring in guys you know outside of our company and have these awesome shows. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's my theory. No, no, no. That's absolutely. Yeah. That's probably absolutely right. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they're just killing it, dude. Like every all the time. So um, that being said, um, there the newest news concerning Walter is that W. There's feelers from WWE. They're reaching out to him again. So yeah, I mean, I who knows how much longer we have Walter on. I know that he's you know turned them down in the past apparently. Yeah. But yeah, they really, really, really want to get this guy. So. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, speaking of uh, interest from WWE when it comes to outside uh, wrestlers, there are recent reports that both New Japan as well as WWE have interest and um, are actively reaching out to Killer Cross of Impact fame, who I'm not too familiar with him, but uh, you said you'd heard a little bit more about him, right? Yeah, I've been hearing about him a lot lately. Um, I'm hearing a lot of good stuff. He's in a stable right now with the Impact champ Austin Aries and Moose. Um, he's kind of like the muscle for Austin Aries. Uh, I've seen a few of his promos. They've been good. I haven't seen a full match of his yet, but yeah, apparently he's been killing it there. And um, it was a I've been hearing good things about him from you know top people. Okay, cool. So um, kind of moving on here in the news. So we've got quite a bit, man. Um, we should probably talk a little bit about Kid Yamamoto passing this past uh what was that today uh, I, be I believe it was either today or yesterday yeah so um when this week started i like when we were doing the the news i was kind of like relieved a little bit because i was like man we're not gonna have to talk about any uh you know passing of any you know wrestling legends and you know we we're kind of fortunate because it seemed like week after week after week that's all you know we just kept covering that sort of thing and then um yeah, the unfortunate news came out this past, you know, earlier today that, you know, Norafumi Kid Yamamoto has passed away due to his battle with stomach cancer, which is a shock. It, it's a shock because we literally just found out about this struggle that he was going through last month, man. Yeah. Last month. Now, I know that we're a wrestling podcast and we covered, you know, New Japan, but um, being just... You know, like I am an old school MMA fan and I, I still follow the sport extensively. And I mean, I watched Kid Yamamoto since, you know, his K1 like days, since his Shudo days, his time in Heroes. And um, this is a this is a tough one, dude. This is a really this is a hard one to take, especially considering how young Kid Yamamoto was. I mean, um, what, he's 41, dude. That's uh that's me in 11 years. Yeah. Like, that's awful. That's yeah. awful, awful, awful. Um, you know, Kid Yamamoto is one of the biggest stars that Japanese MMA has ever had. Um, you know, you have to put him up there in the same, like, discussion as Takata. You know, your, you know, Yoshida's. You know, you're Ogawa's, and, you know, he's just a, a notch beneath Sakuraba. I mean, he was a national hero, like, 
this was this was a guy who in, in his prime was one of the greatest athletes that I've ever seen fight. Um, you know, a guy who walked around in the 140s competing in the 155 division, taking on guys that were cutting weight to, you know, so these are guys that pretty much outsized him, you know, 20 or 30 pounds, and he was destroying them. And in his prime, he's one of the greatest lightweights I've ever seen. I mean, you know, you look at his list of guys he beat, I mean, Hoyler Gracie, Kal Uno, Genki Sudo, Miata, freaking... Uh, Bibiano Fernandez. I mean, he was destroying dudes when, you know, all like it's it's just crazy. It's it's crazy to see this happen. Um, you know, the, the second half of his career when he came to uh, to the UFC. Um, obviously, by that point, he was coming back from injuries, and it wasn't the same guy. I do remember the first time I saw him fight in the UFC, and. He was taking on Demetrius uh, Mighty Mouse Johnson, who I was not familiar with, and I was like, "Kid's gonna run through Mighty Mouse." <laughs> Little did I know, like, he's fighting one of the fastest and most gifted fighters. That, but like in their prime, that probably would have been incredible. Yeah. Like, as as fast as Mighty Mouse is, I would say Kid's like one of the only guys I've ever seen that's that was in his prime as fast as him. So, um, it's sad, man. It's it's really. I do remember the. I remember when Joe Warren beat him. And just being like totally shook by that because I this was a guy that I didn't see losing like that. But um, yeah, it's 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 awful, man. It's awful. And I mean, obviously, there's a difference between MMA and, and you know wrestling. But if you do your research and you do your homework, you'll realize how interwoven Japanese MMA and, and pro Rezu really, really are at the heart of it. So I mean, this is a this is a really tough loss. There's not a lot that we know about. I know that he was getting treatment in uh, I'm trying to remember where they had him. He was getting treatment, but um, we don't know too much. But it's it's a big loss. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not. Uh, I mean, I watch MMA, but I don't know as much as MMA as you do, or the history as with Japan. I I don't really know much about Kid Yamamoto, but I mean, it's always sad somebody that young, you know, falling to cancer. So. Yeah, it, it, it's terrible. It's terrible. His whole family, they're wrestling royalty. I mean, um, they're very, very famous family for their wrestling, um, you know, acumen, his dad, his sisters and uh, all that. Like, it's it's very, very he's a he's a legend. I mean, this would be in, in America it'd be the equivalent of like maybe a Chuck Liddell or someone like that passing away suddenly from like stomach cancer and that would be like a shock that's yeah. kind of what this is so um, our thoughts and wishes go out to the Yamamoto family and uh, yeah it's just terrible it's terrible to hear that man yeah. terrible um, but we will move on so a um, couple different things here so we talked about the the different things that were going on with Cody and yeah. um, the Bullet Club trying to like like the OG Bullet Club trying to uh, recruit new members, and uh, it looks like th- this whole thing has kind of continued between Cody and Tama, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I know that had been going. I think there were some more tweets going back and forth, and um, I know we had mentioned some of them last week. So the one thing I got to ask you with this is this, like, obviously it seems like they're working to something. Do you think that they're working to some sort of match between Cody and Tama? Is that something we even want? Uh, honestly, I don't think <laughs> I, I want any Tama Tongo one-on-one match. Uh, Am I wrong in thinking that that's what's happening? or, or? I, I mean, it's a, it's a possibility. Perhaps there's an NWA world title match with 
Cody and Tamatanga. Huh. Uh, well, uh, we've got other uh, New Japan news. So um, the free match of the week, Kenny Omega taking on Juice Robinson from last year's Dr- Destruction Tour for the U.S. title is the free match of the week, which is a great match, by the way. So if you get a chance, you definitely want to check that out. Um, Bad Luck Fale was interviewed this past week about the Bullet Club, about Kenny's um, you know role as being the leader and the history of that faction. So if you get a chance, you might want, definitely want to check that out. He had some very interesting takes. It seemed like he kind of took uh, did that interview a little bit out of character, so it was a bit of a shoot. Um, Josh Barnett who is a former well <laughs> not former he, he still is the, one of the commentators uh, for the uh, Access show for New Japan Pro Wrestling and a yeah. former New Japan Pro Wrestler MMA legend um, he has actually made uh, comments and statements that he'll be returning to MMA starting in 2019 so hmm. um, he's no longer he was cut from the UFC so we may be seeing him who knows maybe in Bellator. Japan Bellator probably Bellator that's what I was thinking yeah. so um, I don't know with that it could be something where we see him wrestle again as well. So, you know, we'll keep our eyes and ears uh, for that. Um, Speaking of guys wrestling outside of their promotions, Kenny Omega was announced today to wrestle for the Northeast Wrestling Promotion on November 9th, which is, like, kind of crazy. Like, how does NEW keep getting all these big stars to come wrestle? Yeah, no idea. It's going to be at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. Go to northeastwrestling.com, get your tickets, find out more about that event. Not sure who Kenny will be wrestling there yet. He got some deep, deep pockets, man. I don't yeah. know. Um, also, so let's talk about Fighting Spirit. Actually, you know what? We'll talk about Fighting Spirit Unleashed to close the show. Um, let's talk about the Neville Indie rumors. So, um, you know, we know that Neville has supposedly been released from his contract with new, uh, WWE. Different guys have been... Uh, you know, talking about getting him to work for them and things of that nature. But the most recent like news is that like indie promoters keep reaching out to him. He keeps telling them that he can't take dates. Hmm. Now th- there's speculation that maybe it's due to some sort of non-compete that was that the public doesn't isn't aware of, or he signed somewhere and he can't work. What do you think? I know. I mean. <laughs> Usually when wrestlers tell promoters they can't work, it's usually they're going to WWE. So, and there was that whole siding of him in Pittsburgh. So maybe he's going back to WWE or maybe he's already signed a contract somewhere else and we don't know about it and he's waiting to make his debut. So So we will keep our eyes and ears peeled when it comes to that as well. Um, LIJ just uh, came out with a new jacket. It's exclusive. You can uh, actually order it on the... um on uh, ProWrestlingTees.com so if you're a big LIJ fan you want to get that new jacket it's pretty cool um, Brian uh, Daniel Bryan who obviously is re-signed with WWE and will not be coming to the indies or internationally anytime soon um, was recently interviewed and he was talking about Omega the Bucks and Cody and he said that they're essentially this generation's uh, four horsemen yeah put them over big in that interview yeah so I was like <laughs> I was like, well, which one's Arn? <laughs> um, also, so um, we talked about the Never title. Obviously, Taichi just won it. But um, I don't know if you saw during one of the house shows that was untelevised. Apparently, like some of the brackets like broke off of it. Um, I heard like Taichi was throwing the belt around. So I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know. Did you see if that got repaired or not? Yeah, I haven't heard anything about the repair. I just heard about it being broken. 
broken like Okada. (laughs) Um, Newsweek uh, did an article this past week about New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor selling out uh, Madison Square Garden and what the future holds for them. So if you get a chance, definitely want to check that out. Um, Also, Cody was on the Ross Report this past week. Um, He talked about, you know, winning the NWA title, what that means for his role in wrestling. Um, what he would do differently going forward if he uh, if they do all in two, which it sounds like they have some preliminary plans to do so. Yeah. Um, speaking of Cody, it looks like he's uh, already announced a few title defenses, and we have news on the 70th anniversary as well. Yeah. So Cody, he was at a championship wrestling from Hollywood over the weekend at their TV tapings, and he announced that he will be defending the NWA World Title during Death Before Dishonor weekend against Willie Mack. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.